Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lowe's Spring Fest is here. We've got $10 off gallon cans or $40 off five-gallon pails on select interior and exterior paints, stains, and coatings. And appliance special values plus free local delivery on appliances $3.96 or more in-store and online. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. Offers valid through 414. Actual paint sizes are 116 to 640 fluid ounces. Exclusions apply. See Lowe's.com slash rebates for rebate terms and conditions. For appliances, restrictions and additional fees may apply. See Lowe's.com or store for details. U.S. only. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a Bravo podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, real lifers. Welcome to episode 110. I cannot believe I've done 110 of these episodes. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, It's been another really crazy week. Last week, I talked to you guys about, you know, how personal the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg was for me as a Jewish woman and who lives in DC and, you know, is very engaged politically. Um, And then this week to hear that there are no charges being brought against the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. It's just another, you know, punch in the gut. And I just want to know that I'm thinking about everyone. And I know it's a really rough time for everyone with this pandemic and the racial tension that's happening. And I don't know, some days it just feels like everything's gone to hell in a handbasket. So I hope you're all doing what you need to do to take care of yourself and watch Bravo and give yourself a break from the news and from everything that's going on. It doesn't mean you don't care. It's just sometimes I think it really helps to step away so that you can make sure that when you are ready to fight that you are rested and you are are truly ready. I am so excited about this week's episode. My friend Taria Faison was on. She has a podcast called What Else is Going On? And I'm on her podcast this week. It's going to come out on Tuesday, the 29th. We have some really interesting conversations on her podcast about you know, what it's like me being Jewish, her being a black woman, and a lot of the similarities between our cultures and differences. And we had a lovely conversation. Um, This week on the pod, though, we keep it all bravo. (laughs) We talk about all the latest headlines that you guys uh, have been seeing. And Taria shares her experience attending Jamal Bryant's church in Maryland for a number of years. And it is fascinating to hear kind of what Jamal and Giselle's life was like before they split and after they split and, you know, before the show started. There was definitely drama there. I 
now completely understand why casting um, was able to find Giselle Bryant. As always, I love hearing from you all on social media. You can follow me at ITRL underscore podcast. That stands for Is This Real Life underscore podcast. Feel free to send me DMs, follow me. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe, give it a nice review. Um, I really, really appreciate it. And I love hearing from all of you. Without further ado, let's get into my conversation with the lovely Taria. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Taria Faison uh, from the What Else is Going On podcast. How are you doing? I am wonderful. You know, I'm glad, happy to be talking to you again. I enjoy you listening and talking to you. So I'm excited. I was on Taria's podcast that is going to go live this Tuesday, right? Awesome. So you guys should all take it out. Take a listen. We talk about so many different things. Not Bravo at all, really. I know. I know. I enjoy. (laughs) But I have to say, I told my husband, you will be my tour guide. When we go to Israel, you will you have to come. <laughs> yes. Oh, I would love that. And I actually have friends that just moved there who work for the State Department. Are you um, serious? Yeah, working with the Palestinian consulate. So yeah, okay. that'll be cool. Yeah, we talked yeah. a lot about being black and being Jewish and mm-hmm. you know what it means to be part of a different minority group in this country yes. and a lot of the commonalities. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it also, I realized, have you ever seen that SNL skit um, where Drake it's about it's, I think it's about him getting bar mitzvahed and it was like the black side of the family showing up and then the Jewish side of the family. No. And it's so funny. Okay. I have to watch it. Okay. okay I'll, I'll, I'll send it, it to you. <laughs> yeah, please, please, please. <laughs> Because I like SNL. I don't often get to watch it. But then you see the sketches and you say, oh, my God, they're so funny. I'm going to watch. But then, you know, who watches live TV a lot anymore? Well, me, because I'm sitting at home doing nothing. But But you know what? That's true. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I'll say I don't watch it live a lot because my husband is a and his family are TV and movie people. So it's like either Netflix or a movie on Netflix, a movie, a movie, some new um, scientific series they found. My dad's like, like that. that. Yeah, he doesn't okay. watch things live ever, even including live sports. He's like, uh, I'll watch it on delay so I don't have commercials. <laughs> Are you see- now? Okay, now my husband will watch that live, and the um, he's kind of got me in the cycle of CNN or Fox because he's like, I need to see what the other side is saying to see if it's true. That, that so he's got me more into paying attention more, you know what I mean? Not like, not researching just what I want to know about, but knowing as a whole. So we'll do CNN or uh, mostly CNN or Fox News or ESPN. And then it's either Netflix or Hulu. And when he falls asleep, then I take it and turn it to 685, which is Bravo and watch whatever's on there. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, there's a lot of news in the Bravo universe. So I want to get into it. So Brittany and Jax are pregnant. Not a whole lot to share on that other than I find it very triggering that these three women got pregnant so easily. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) why is it so easy for some people? And almost like it was clearly, I I honestly thought to myself, did they know, especially after Sassy got, uh, after, um, um, after her contract wasn't renewed, because they never said fired, but after her contract wasn't renewed, Boom, she announces she's pregnant. Hey, remember our pregnancy pack? And I'm like, are they all getting pregnant and they're going to be called like Vanderpump Valley or something 
crazy or they're going to do their own YouTube. Vanderbump. Yes, Vanderbump. <laughs> I don't oh know how, what's going to happen with them. But, um, you know, I don't blame anyone for getting pregnant, especially mm-hmm. during this pandemic. I it mean, seems like if we're going to have a year, two years of our life kind of, quote unquote, on hold, you might as well yeah. birth someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like that seems like a good use of time to like grow a human and start your family. Cause what else are you going to be doing? You can't travel. You can't do anything right. exciting. That's true. You know? So, so, you know, good for them. I just found it very triggering. And the, uh, especially the gender reveals. The gender, sorry, reveals. the gender reveals. I did comment yeah. on that on I forgot which account. I think the Pump Rules OG's account. I was like, can they stop with this? Like, I think, I don't know. Gender reveals were a really big thing like seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Now we know that it can be kind of problematic to put all these, you know, I don't know, like, I don't don't know the way to phrase it, but it's like expectations on your child. on your child. But in between that and also affecting those around you from the grandmother getting killed through the gender reveal to also the five, some of the fires that were started in California. And I remember me and my girlfriend were talking, she's a little bit older than me. I'm 43. And she said, gender reveals used to happen in the delivery room. Hey, oh, my parents you know? didn't know what my sex was. Exactly. It was like, it, that was part, part of the excitement too, you know? So it, it, I just, and yeah, it, it's a lot. And like you said, going back to that, the expectation on the child and or, and even the expectation of I'm going to outdo this gender reveal or I have to do it yeah. for the gram. I have to do it. So it's, it, it's, it seems it's a lot. like a keeping up with the Joneses kind of like outdoing yes. each other um, in a way that feels like competitive. Yes. And not celebratory. It, it, yes, that is exactly it. And I'm quite frankly tired of being invited to them. And you want me to bring a gift to this and your shower? And the sip and see afterwards. No, no. We're done here. (laughs) (laughs) You know, most Jews don't do baby showers. Really? Yeah. So what do you do? Like Uh, even for the first one? Oh, you don't, you don't, you don't um, celebrate it until it's born and healthy. Okay, wait. I did hear uh, Michelle Collins from Sirius XM said that. She said, Mm -hmm. because you don't want to jinx it. So you don't. It's not a religious thing. I think it's like a. I don't know, folklore or whatever, but, you know, a lot of Jews tend to marry other Jews and we have inbred kids with a lot of genetic problems. (laughs) So it's true. There's a lot of genetic disorders that are Ashkenazi Jewish. So it probably made sense, especially back in the day before there was screening to not um, jinx it, I guess, and and not celebrate something that hasn't happened yet. And so I think most of the gifts happen during um, a bris where okay. circumcision happens, or a baby naming, where okay. the baby receives their Hebrew name. So. Okay. Well, guys, just I told Mandy <laughs> that I used I used to um, temp temp agency back in 2011, and I temped at a Jewish school, and I absolutely loved it, and it was amazing. Now it makes sense. There were people that would call in and say, um, "Let's just say I'm Mrs. Uh, Mr. Mr. Schwartz. Mrs. <laughs> Schwartz." Yeah, I was like Felderstein, like. Have you ever heard that last name? No. <laughs> but Mr. and Mrs. Schwartz want to give $10,000 to the birth of. So that makes sense. You're talking well, about real not- rich Jews, though, giving 10 okay. grand away. <laughs> <laughs> the name Mandy, of baby. so much money came through my phone those days. I was like, 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, you were helping out with the with the synagogue um finances. So yeah, yes. <laughs> people are people are really generous, which is which is great. Um well Bravo has not been so generous with their no. contracts and yes. Teddy was fired this week. And I have yes. to say, I appreciate that sh- how she handled it. Me she too. didn't lie. She made a video and joked how she didn't want to bore everyone. Yes. And then said, Yeah, my contract wasn't renewed. Like, I'm and not going to pretend tell, otherwise. Didn't it look like she had been crying a little bit? Like, I was like, oh, I think she's really sad by this. And what's funny, I was on Instagram and I saw Moni um, from Mixing with Moni. And we all know and love her. And she had on her stories, it was something to the effect, I'm paraphrasing, everyone should be honest, like Teddy or take a note from Teddy. So I was like, what? What happened? Has it been confirmed? So I went to Google really quick and typed in Teddy Mellencamp and you know how when you type something in the Google search bar and then your choices come up? One of the choices was a tweet that said, you heard it here last with a, a laughing face. Yes, I'm not returning. When I went to click on the tweet, it had been deleted. So I tried it a couple of times. And then right next to that was another option. And it was from Bravo, which was minutes after. So when I looked at the timing, she must have posted the tweet first and then realized, oh, shoot. Bravo hadn't announced it, so she deleted it. (laughs) And then uh, Bravo announced it, and then she did her video. And I was like, that was so crazy, which makes me wonder, was that first one real, and was she not really hacked? Do you remember some weeks ago, a tweet came out from her account that said, yeah, I will no longer, I will not be on the next season, blah, 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 blah. And she came out and said, I've been hacked. Oh, I didn't, I missed that completely. Oh, yes, yes. I have to find it for, it was, I think it was in an article. I definitely saw the tweet because she said she'd been hacked. Interesting. Yeah. And did you see Edwin's tribute to her? Yeah. I'm not (laughs) feeling so crazy about him after I heard that he doxed um, Emily for talking about her business. I just feel like there's, you know, she should be criticized for telling women to eat 500 calories a day. That's that's worthy of criticism and your wife can handle criticism and you don't need to step in. And especially when and, uh, you know, it's it's kind of hypocritical because on the show she was upset with Denise, like at the reunion for the cease and desist. But I was listening uh, to another podcast. Um, You can guess it because it rhymes with Rich Fest. And (laughs) (laughs) it's over now. I mean, they can talk about it now, but. They very briefly mentioned last week how they were sent a cease and desist um, when she came on and they were kind of somebody was like delving into her program back then and they were going to speak on it, but were sent cease and desist. (gasps) Oh, my God. Well, you know who I wish was uh, hacked? Uh, (laughs) Who was not? Um, Captain Sandy. Did you catch that cameo that she did? Where she joked yes, I did. about Malia being a lesbian, a closeted lesbian. And then said most of the the crew think so. I was and like most of production. Production, that's what she yeah. said. Production most of and I, I was like, but it 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 was it would have been surprising. Well, it was surprising because it was Malia, but the thing she said, I wasn't surprised as far as it being a nasty type video, because remember when she did the video about the arrows in the supermarket when COVID first came out and she was shopping with her girlfriend and there were arrows go up one aisle down the next aisle. Our grocery stores had them and she was making fun of it. And people caught, she did a video, her and her girlfriend making fun of it. People called her out and then she apologized. So when I saw this, I was like, 
What is going on with her? I don't know. She, I mean, this is a whole new level of being mean. 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 Yes. It's unnecessary. Yeah. Her, of all people, an right. out lesbian should not be outing others. I don't yeah. care how crappy of a person Malia is or how much we didn't yeah. like her on the season. Yep. It's not appropriate. And she came out and was like, I'm actually straight. There's nothing wrong with being well, gay. Right. If I was, I would tell you, but yeah. I'm not. And I don't know why this is a topic of discussion and I don't really yeah. understand it. And, you know, I feel like Captain Sandy, and not, not only was it, like you said, she's been through it herself. Was it mean and nasty? It, what, whatever you think of Malia, it put Malia in a, in a hard situation, between a rock and a hard place. Because if she comes out and says, I'm not a lesbian, there are some people are going to say, even though she said there's nothing wrong with it, people are going to say, well, what do you mean? Why, you know, is there something wrong? So either way. What are you hiding? Exactly. It's like Uh. she put her in a position that she didn't have to be in. And I just wonder where it came from. Like, where did that? Some Uh people are saying that Sandy is off the wagon after being sober for 30 years. And again, this is something that we shouldn't really be commenting on the Mm -hmm. way that she shouldn't be commenting on Malia's, um, you know, sexuality Sexuality. yeah yeah (laughs) but you know it she did not seem herself in that video that's what i was going to say something seems a little off it it seemed very often especially after she laughed and said oops i shouldn't like i just don't understand how a cameo led to that like what like what request did you get for you to think like where where it's, it's almost like it came from nowhere so if mm-hmm. I'm sending you a cameo and want Captain Sandy, where did Mal- why did Malia's name even come up? And you know people share the cameos that they get yes. if the people in them say something outrageous. Uh, we know that with Roni and, you know, Elise and mm-hmm. uh, Aaliyah. So it's just, I, I saw Malia's response and I actually felt, watching her, I felt like uh, I kind of feel a little bit bad for her, like... You could just kind of see she was almost like a deer in headlights. Like, uh, I know. I felt bad for her. Okay. I wonder if it's going to be addressed at the reunion. I don't know. I'm over this season of Below Deck Med. I'm yeah. not into it. Um, but Below Deck is coming back, and that yes. looks pretty good. Yeah. But what I was shocked to see have a trailer come out this week is Southern Charm Season oh, 7. It was something. <sighs> It was, it was almost, I was like, oh, I was watching it and I literally was like, who, who, like, I had, I had visceral reactions to it. I mean, are you going to watch? Yes. I am. And I I can honestly say that show, I was not going to watch. Same. Because watching it for years before, I always felt a little twinge, like when they saw the plantation and when they did this and blah, 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 did different things. I kind of was always like, a, mm, but I still watch. And I said to myself, you're not watching it this season. Guess what? Now I'm watching it this season. Me too. I mean, I was like, I'm done with this. I was slow to get on board with Southern Charm, but it was so wild once you got yeah. into it. And yep. Patricia was such a lovable um older woman despite yeah. I mean you knew she was problematic in her views probably but she and she also it turns out used to be a professor at George Washington University my alma mater yeah of art history and I listened <gasps> to an interview with her where she refused to fail her students 
even if they were really awful, because she didn't want them being sent to the Vietnam War. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, have I misjudged her? (laughs) I was going to say, when you said that, I was like, okay. I I, I just, I I am so, when I saw that Mandy, when I saw that statue come down, uh, and then for and then for them to address the monkey emoji. Mm-hmm. So, like for those of you who have not seen it, Southern <sighs> Charm season seven is going to tackle racism and Black Lives Matter head yes. on. Um, I think Catherine is going to be called out for a bunch of yes. her crap. They talk mm-hmm. about her uh, late relative uh, John C. Calhoun. I don't even mm-hmm. know how. I know she's related to him. I just don't know how. Um, and that statue coming down yes. about her sending the monkey emoji yes. to a business owner who was black. Um, and what was really interesting was seen for me at least seeing her and Danny get into it. Yes. Because I've think when Chelsea walked away, Naomi walked away, and Cameron walked away, it was because Catherine was trying to bring up rumors about Cameron's husband and him not being faithful. And she was open about it. Cameron was like, he's not unfaithful. These are awful rumors. I've tried to keep him out of this. He's a private person. And I just don't want to drag my family through this. And she called out Catherine. And so she did call out Catherine because mm-hmm. I heard both sides. I heard first them saying it was Catherine. Then I heard supposedly it was confirmed that it wasn't. So it actually was. I think it was unless okay. I'm oh my gosh. not remembering. And I don't think it's any horrible. of them talk to Catherine anymore. I don't think wow. I think Catherine's not that kind of a person is very self-absorbed and okay. has used the narrative that she is like, yeah, she was abused, I think, by Thomas. I think mm-hmm. he was at least at the most minimum emotionally abusive. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. Like I and everyone was just, you know, not paying attention to, to how bad it was, right? Because yes. they, they wrote it off. And then when there was a reckoning with how horrible Thomas was, was. it doesn't mean that she's automatically like a decent person. Her, yep. You know? it, it's just the focus wasn't on her. The focus was on him. But when you talk about she's selfish, do you remember, was it last season or the season before when Danny and Naomi were calling her and calling her and supposedly she was okay? She was just like, at our home, like you couldn't even pick up the phone for, or not even, not even to call the text and say, guys, I'm okay. Going through something or anything. Uh, she's just, something's off with her. Yeah, I think yeah. she just behaves how she wants. And yeah. it doesn't mean she's a bad mom. It doesn't mean yeah. anything like that. It doesn't, you know, it's just, I think she does what she wants and doesn't, there's not a whole lot of accountability for her behavior. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, so you probably shouldn't send a monkey emoji to a black yes. woman. Um, you, <laughs> And now you're dating a black man. So, and it's like, when <laughs> okay. I saw that, I was like, oh my God, did she just try and find someone to like <laughs> rehab her image? Think. That's what I was thinking. And I was like, we'll see how this plays out because you haven't seen anything else with her other guy that she was dating. You saw a little bit, then you would see pictures. It's like, we've seen nothing else. Just that one picture that came out after the monkey emoji. I don't trust her because we all know she was drinking throughout this time. I know that she wasn't allowed to based on her custody battle. Mm -hmm. And so she had to pretend that she was completely sober. But we all knew she was drinking. Right. So it's just kind of, I don't know, the way that we knew Luann was, you know, like, 
it's just kind of like, ugh. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we will see what happens on this season of Southern Charm, but I am not writing it off now that they are actually addressing systemic racism. And, and the it, woman of color yeah. that's coming on. That is. That's going to be. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And Madison. Yeah. Oh, okay. God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even that relationship is so goddamn toxic. Yes, we're all gonna hate both of them by the end. That no hate. one's coming out a winner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get into this week's Potomac because I thought this was one of the most stellar episodes I have seen yet, and it wasn't. We we're not even at the fight. The fight has no. not happened, and it is like just such an awesome episode. Yes. And do you know that it's only, we're only eight in? So like we get the fight Sunday nine and we'll still have so many more to go. It just, uh, it's, they have so much it. going on that it doesn't just stop at the fight, which mm-hmm. is great. So yeah, I'm, so where do you want to start? Because I was just the whole episode, it was kind of like yelling at me like, oh, look, did you see what happened? Oh my God. <laughs> so, <laughs> no. so it starts with Candace in the recording studio, recording yes. her love song for Chris. Um, as a go-go song. And so you live in the D.C. area. Mm-hmm. So you know go-go. Do you want to share mm-hmm. a bit about the history of go-go? I know nothing. Oh, you don't? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I moved, I moved from Jersey, right? But what yeah. I do know is before he died, there was, dude, what's the gentleman's name from Baltimore or D.C. that was like the king of go-go? Oh, my um, God. I can't remember his name, but I know it was a recent who, death. And it was like a big deal. Yeah, because uh, guess... It's, it's so funny. It's like this. He comes up in every episode pretty much. But there's always something. Guess who came to my church when I was attending Jamal's church? They had the go-go gentleman on stage oh. playing. Me and my husband just kind of looked at each other like, are we listening to go-go? But anyway, yeah. So that's how I know of him. So go-go music is historic to the D.C. area. Yes. yes. And okay. it like... I guess Candace mentioned certain different kinds of drums or bells, yeah, but it's yeah. just a really funky sounding music. It's mm-hmm. really awesome. I live um, a few blocks away from a store that blasts go-go music okay, basically okay. all day, every day. And um, a bunch of fancy people moved into the neighborhood and tried to sue the store for playing the music loudly. And they stopped playing it. And then the whole city erupted against the lawsuit and there was like this whole hashtag don't mute DC and there were pop-up go-go concerts that keep happening in my neighborhood to respond to these obnoxious people that are moving in and expecting it to be quiet. It's like, if you want to live in a quiet neighborhood, there's plenty, go to Potomac. Potomac is really quiet. It is really quiet, (laughs) like scary quiet. (laughs) So I was excited to see Go-Go get some. But let's hear a little bit from you. So you said you attended Jamal's church. Yes. Tell me what that was like. Uh, Okay, so uh, quick backstory to how we found him. Uh, My husband and I both grew up in church. Um, He used to, when he he was growing up, um, he was a military kid, so lived all over, settled in his father's hometown. His mother's from D.C., though, so she knows, you know, go-go music or what have you. So settled in Jersey. He grew up going to his grandfather's church. Fast forward, him and I moved to Maryland. He was up one night, woke me up the next morning and said, hey, I found the church. Um, I saw this picture on TV and I was hoping he was in Maryland. He is. Let's go. Keep in mind, we knew nothing about him. We had never heard his name. We go. 
My husband loved it that Sunday. We joined that Sunday. We tell our family back in Jersey. Our family knows who he is. They're like, oh my gosh, you go to his church. And we're like, who is he? I'm kind of glad that we didn't know because if we knew the backstory, we probably wouldn't have gone. But I will say when we joined, we saw his beautiful wife sitting up front. They're twins. There was a church mini butt, like a small bus with their family picture on the side. They were on the cover of. Um, Wait, there was a church mini bus with Giselle <laughs> and Jamal Bryant on the side of the bus. I'm going to send you a picture. And I believe where the girls. <laughs> <laughs> what yes. the hell yes. kind of church is this? It was for they used it for like if people needed rides. Oh, I see. Okay. But it it is funny when you think it it wasn't just, you see a lot of buses with the church's name on it. Yeah. Not with right? their pastor. Not with the photos of them. Like yes. it's a sex in the city, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like going through. <laughs> I will send you a picture because I know I have one in here. So um, we saw her there. We would see them there or whatever. And then we ended up like not going for a couple of years. We would end up going back to Jersey every weekend to see our family. So then when we decided to go back in 2009, um, we were like, where's his wife? Because I had only made friends with the people I worked with who were mostly white people and did not know with, with the exception of one department, some were black. They knew of him, but we never talked about me going to church there. So I didn't know anybody that knew him until I went back. So we were like, where's his wife? What happened? Then we started making friends in the church and all of a sudden we started hearing what happened. So I'm like, what? And then I was really close friends with a girl when she found that I went at work that one of her friends was one of the paramours in the congregation that he had had relations with. Did he and get her like, pregnant? Not that one. Okay. And I was like, what? So then we were like putting two and two together. So basically years go by, we still go because suppose, you know, we're like, okay, he's not doing anymore. They're divorced, blah, 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 whatever. So we would see him bring, one thing I will say, he had his girls with him almost every Sunday in church. So we were like, oh, that's good. They have a really seemed like they have a close relationship, but he had a daughter in college before Giselle. Then he meets Giselle, has their oldest daughter, Grace, who we see his twins. And another daughter, the twins age almost. And he never talked about her. So she was a rumor among the people at oh. church. And then he wrote a book and he mentioned her in the book. And what I don't like is if you're a pastor and you're over people and you know these rumors are going on and you know they're true. He went from not talking about her to there being rumors. to writing about her in a book. All of a sudden, one day, there's no longer three girls coming to church and him on some Sundays. There's four. And he'll say, look at my beautiful daughters. And that's it. To me, I feel like you kind of owe some type of explanation when it happened with. Some, now, see, I don't know if that's a member. So then fast forward, he moves to Atlanta. This baby that supposedly is his now, it's the only one that he's ever denied. Normally, if a rumor comes up about him, he'll say he, he's very gifted with words. So he has a way of almost making you feel like, how dare these people say these things about you? Mm-hmm. But he didn't, he didn't do that with this one. As soon as me and my husband saw his Instagram about this last rumor, my husband said, oh, it's probably not his because he's actually speaking to it. So a blogger evidently in Atlanta wrote about how he was having a baby and it was supposed to be with a person in the congregation. And he actually did something legally, sent them something legally to have them. And he did this whole, he's very over the top like Giselle. So that's why I say they're, they're going to work because 
Um, one episode, she said to Robin, he's very fashionable. And I said, well, that's it. Love is blind. They're going to work. <laughs> and this episode, Giselle claims to have, you know, good taste. I They're think Giselle work. has terrible taste <laughs> terrible. in clothes, in decor, and in men. Yes. Yes. And and I was, I was shocked, but I will say the one, and this is the honest to God's truth, Mandy, the one thing that I always heard from people who, when I started eventually making friends here, like, oh yeah, we actually do live here. Let's not go to Jersey every weekend. When I started making friends here and people that went to school with him, people that were, uh, were friends with him would say the one common denominator is that he wanted her back. But, and I would be like, oh. well, why? So it was very well, it was said that he wanted her back. So okay. it was like, oh, okay. Every once in a while she would come to the church. So when he moved to Atlanta, he he did leave um, and did not tell his parishioners. He, well, what he said was in November, he said, December 9th will be my last Sunday. You're talking about some people that had followed him through all of his mess ups here. So it was kind of like, you're what? So there were a lot of people that were very, very, very upset. But the thing is, he went to a church that had a history already of that pastor was sued by four young boys <gasps> in the church and the church had to pay them out. And then oh he died. He, and then he died. So they're like, we'll take someone who's just yeah. getting people well, pregnant, you know, well, through, <laughs> well, through here, consensual here, sex as opposed sorry. to a predator. <laughs> well, here's the thing on that. Remember when Giselle said um, he worked that, that same episode, she said he was fashionable and she said he worked. He had to do a lot of work on himself to get the job. Actually, at first, they didn't want him. They were like, we've had enough scandal. We don't want you. We yeah. want a man that, that's married, that's faithful. I don't know now. I don't know the work that he did or what he did to convince them, but it was very much, we don't want any parts of you at all. Okay. And then, and then I knew he they, yeah. charmed them the way he's charmed everyone else. Yeah. So it's, so it's, it's interesting for me to see that because I can't imagine Giselle as a first lady, because when I went to the church, when she was there, it was for a brief time, but I didn't really get the warm and fuzzies. I do know that. I think apparently she might've started out that way, but then you had women there that would walk by and pull her hair as she was sitting in the front row. So they had to leave an open space behind her. <gasps> so no women could say, yeah, yeah. It Wait, was a lot. Why would women pull her hair? I because don't understand. they were jealous. They were jealous and they wanted him. It was a lot. What? Yes. On earth. Yeah. This is wild. Yes. This is and I freaking will say, wild. This is what I was told by a friend of mine who went from, he used to be, he went from starting it in him and Giselle's basement, basement, because he used to be the president of the um, young NAACP. And, you know, she did a lot of work. So that's how they met. Mm -hmm. They started the church in his basement. Then I think they went to a high school. Then they went to Coppin State, which is where Juan, I think, coaches basketball mm -hmm. now. And then they ended up this church that they're in now. It wasn't well that he wasn't. It was an old skating rink. So there was a lot. I think that kind of from years that I, when I wasn't there, like someone told me about a time a woman stood up. She had a sundress on. She dropped the top of her sundress and security had to take her out. <gasps> so people were like really into him. So people were both chasing him and he was chasing parishioners. It sounds like. Yeah. And then he built himself a gold throne um, as Stephanie from Mocha Minutes shared uh, <laughs> that he sat on during Sunday services. Yes. I will say the one thing that I took from him, I was never into 
like world things because I always felt like, oh, the world is, is, is sad enough, bad enough. And as far as being black in America, it was like just surviving. And if something was ever brought to my face or my husband's face or my kid's face or someone I knew, then of course you stand up and say something. But again, growing up, you were taught to just survive. He said that when he was in college, one of his professors taught him the best preacher has a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. In other words, you can't get so caught up. You know, some people are just so holy and I hate to say it that way, but they don't see what's going on on earth. You have to have a voice in this earth that you're in. So that's one thing that I took from him to be active. He was very active in the community. So, you know, you can Mm -hmm. take different things from different people. So that's one thing that I took from him was to be, you need to show your voice. You need to go to um, the school board. You need to do certain things to show your, you know, show your voice. But he was definitely something else. Well, something else. Wow. Um, In a different way, Michael is something else. Because this episode, we see Ashley and Michael go to dinner. And (laughs) (laughs) and I mean, that guy is something else, too. I mean, the men that these well, actually, I think those are the only two kind of wild guys. The rest are seem pretty decent. So I hadn't seen anything like this. So Ashley and Michael go to dinner with a full camera crew and actually hash out issues in their marriage. I felt like there was something off on that scene. I think she was like, I'm going to get you on camera saying this. Okay. And this is going to be humiliating for you. And this is your punishment. Okay. That's what I saw in her face and in her voice. That's why she was calm and angry. And she was definitely, when she took her, what really got me, it was like, chill, when she had her fork and she said, and I never thought I'd have to be talking about marriage, what we do in my bedroom on TV, but here we are. And then she just puffed that Brussels sprout in her mouth, like so cool. I was like, (laughs) but now I, I almost thought, do you think her bringing up the threesome to me didn't really have anything to do with the cheating? So I... For me, I was wondering, did she throw that out there? Because, you know, it's been talked about with Michael and men, Michael squeezing butts, Michael doing this. Mm -hmm. Now let me throw this out there. And so it's like I'm being transparent, but you don't even know that I've shifted the narrative from that to something else. And I'm okay with this being something else. Yeah, I don't. I just it's clear that they've done things in their marriage sexually with outside parties. And that hasn't ever been discussed on camera. But yeah. it makes more sense as to maybe why he's, I don't know. I don't, yeah. it was very odd, but she basically said, he said, well, so the fun's over kind of a thing. Yeah, when he said that, I was like, wait, what? The fun's over. Maybe. I, okay. and, and this is actually something I do think couples go through where you enter a relationship and you have agreements on what you'll do sexually and whether or not you'll bring a third person in, okay. whether or not you'll be polyamorous or have an open, re- you know, people. Right. And maybe after having a baby, it changed for her. Yeah. And that you're allowed to change your mind, right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And so what she said that I thought was so interesting was that she said, you know, I don't want this anymore. And you could peacefully exit this marriage. Yes, yes. And he said, no, he said, there's too much at stake. And she said, I don't want you to stay for me and the baby. We're not going to stay together for baby Dean. 
if you want to be with me, you have to want to be with me. And I don't want any other people involved anymore. And then when he called to production, I was like, and he said, wait, so let's, let's step back a second. Cause so he, um, basically what happened is he met a girl at a strip club. Mm -hmm. They went to MGM casino. The girl invited him to a hotel. He said, yes, Mm -hmm. they kissed in the cab. He claims when they got to the hotel room, he fell asleep and he woke up and she was in the bed. He got out of the bed to check the clock and she snapped a picture. And also the video. And I was wondering why they didn't show the video because I saw the video. I have it. What did, what was he doing in the video? He was laying in the bed asking her to spank him. <gasps> he was laying face. <laughs> I must have missed that. I will send oh it to you. God, he was laying and, and instead of laying, you know how a bed is like head to foot. He was laying across the bed and mentioned spanking. Then it goes and you have to, if you don't catch it, you have to listen again. Then it goes to another screen where he's getting up and he's checking his watch and she's saying, See, she's arguing and he's saying, don't be like this. Don't be like this. Then he's laying in bed, laying in bed in his underwear. And he says, um, so we, and it, what he says, it almost leads me to believe there was more than one because um, he says, so we can't go to her house. And the woman filming says, we can't go to your house. And he goes, but why can't we go? We can't go to her house. And he goes, we can't go to your, she goes, we can't go to your house. And he goes, well, why can't we go to her house? Are there people there or something? He wanted to finish what they started. Uh, so it's just, you know, and, and then of course, when asked about it, um, he says that we lost our intimacy and I was craving intimacy. And that her, I mean, the trauma of what she went through in childbirth with the the anal pain, I'll just say that, you know, her ripping down there and you're worried about intimacy. But yet yeah. Ashley said when they first tried to have sex the first time, he cried because he thought he was hurting her, which I mean, I guess I almost felt like, well, that's a closeness if he was, you know, so pained that he almost hurt you. But then to hear we lacked intimacy, in other words, sex, because you can be intimate without sex. So you just go and strippers, not even anybody you knew, like you're just going to go meet somebody you don't know, which makes me wonder, did you pay them? Yeah, I was wondering that too. Was there a transaction that took place? You know, and then, and then of course he says, well, and then she says, if I find out anything else, it'll be catastrophic for our relationship. You need to be open about everything that's happened in the past and anything moving forward It'll yeah. be over. And then he's like, can we cut now, please? And yes. I loved that they kept that in because you could tell that he was uncomfortable being on camera yep. talking about this. You had never seen the two of them talk about the issues. It was always her dealing with the fallout. It was never yes. him and her together. And then the producer says, you know, I appreciate you being truthful. And mm-hmm. Michael says, please take my mic. Like, I don't have anything in me. Like, I don't mm-hmm. have anything more in me to give to the scene kind of a thing. And, and what, what he said after that, what did he say after that? When he said, we dealt with not did not, but we dealt with the other thing. Like it, it was. Something- oh, he basically said, like, I've always been honest about it. Even when, you know, so he, I think he basically was saying he was incorrectly 
um, accused of grabbing the cameraman's butt last okay. year. And, but he still addressed it, even though yeah. he was wrongly accused. I think that's what he was alluding to. Okay. But this whole thing was just kind of wild. And it's clear that they had the conversation prior to being on camera. Yes. It's, yes. That's obvious with pretty yeah. much any time you have a scene between two people who are together. And she's um, beautifully made up and she and, looks gorgeous. But she and, basically was like, I'm angry and I'm going to take this yeah. out on him by making him talk about this because I don't want to have to keep answering for him anymore on this show. And this is a way to get back at him is to publicly embarrass him and let's get this on the record. And I do wow. appreciate her doing yeah. That's what I think. And, uh, you know, that's fine. I, I, I didn't see it that way. And I'm glad that you brought, I didn't think Wait, or not see, see it. I, it? That's a good I honestly thought, <laughs> <laughs> so you know how she's had a history of talking about other people's relationships, not so delicately and exposing that. Well, yes. you know, just saying, and she knows that she has to make a good TV show. That's why people say she's a great housewife. She knows. I thought that they addressed it previously and her saying, I didn't want baby Dean to hear me screaming was code for we needed to have this. I was going to have this kind of conversation on camera. But the way she was so almost laid back about it, it was like, yes, this is my marriage. I know what's going on behind the scenes, but we are making a show. Yeah. But I also so felt that I there was like, part of her that was like, and I know you're not happy that you have okay, to do this. Okay. I could see that. So like a, yeah. a little bit. Of, so both things could be true. She's yeah. Oh, way, I think but okay. for sure. Okay. Um, so before we get back to Michael and Ashley, what else do we see? Monique has her not for lazy moms. She's only <laughs> sold 20 tickets for the live podcast of 300. Because the, mo- the moms are too lazy to buy, They're too lazy. To buy the tickets. <laughs> and the She's moms that aren't lazy spent- are busy running businesses, right? <laughs> well, she spent $200,000. I, I, I was like, what, on the WeWork space thing that she has or is it on their salaries i think it's salaries of these people that work for her it's wild i am we'll get into her more in a second but like when she complains actually we'll just get into it now when she complains to her husband that candace pulled out of the live podcast and is like shading their marriage and how they haven't gone on a honeymoon and whatever (sighs) and then chris basically says like you should probably spend less money and if you're not turning a profit, you should eventually shut this thing down. And she's like, you know, no. no. And what she's allowed to say. Uh, but Candace um, in her confessional says, the more I look at you, the more I'm disappointed. And nothing sums up how I feel about Monique more. Because wow. I really liked her a I lot. We talked, yeah. I liked Monique. I thought she was interesting on the show. She truly lived in Potomac. She truly was wealthy with her husband, who was a famous mm-hmm. football player. And a known know, one. A because known normally, one. you'll have these men come on that are football players and no one really knows them or they may not have been that good. He was actually known. He was that good. And yeah. they seemed to have a wonderful marriage and mm-hmm. adorable children. And I was down for it. And then, you know, the not for lazy mom stuff was a little weird. She was a little obsessed mm-hmm. with essential oils. Whatever floats your boat, that's fine. And then I found out that you're not just not vaccinating your kids, but you're promoting vaccine conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. And then the QAnon stuff. If you look at her accounts, she's following multiple QAnon accounts, questioning the use of masks in COVID. I mean, it... it Also questioning voting because... And I still yeah. have to send you this video. There's a video... Unless she's taking it down, but I'm going to find it. 
of a young woman talking about how voting was basically used to control Black people. And when she reposted it, I thought, oh, maybe she's reposting it, calling this girl out. She reposted it and said she's got some interesting things to say. And I'm like, wait a minute, what is going on? You have this huge platform and this is what you're promoting. And then with the essential oils, you've got to be clear about that kind of stuff because yes, people should read labels, but you're telling people to use things, certain oils you cannot put on your skin without carrier oils because they could damage your skin. So you're out here saying, put a lavender or put a peppermint oil, but you have to use a carrier oil for that. And then on top of that, and you know how I feel about Monique, but on top of that, what really got me was when she was in that podcast meeting and she said, we're going to have Ray and Karen and ask them what it's like, what happens when it's time to get down and have sex. Number one, if my husband agreed to be a part of a podcast as a couple, and that's the question you ask him in front of 10 people, 20 people, 100 people, that wouldn't be cool. I like. I felt like she was trying to shade. She was going to shade their marriage, shade um, Candace and Chris's marriage I think she was to make sh- her yeah. and to make her and Chris seem like their marriage is the answer to marriage. Right. Oh, I totally see that. I do yes. think her and Karen have a good relationship, so mm-hmm. it wouldn't have really been shading. It would have been like f- f- kind of laughter between friends because I do think do they have think a relationship. Ray- I think I think he has a relationship with them. I do. I I believe it. Um, But knowing and I do think it would have been fine with with Chris and Candace and Chris, but not Candace, right? Yeah, because that's because Chris uh, Samuels and Chris uh, Dillard are are friends. They're boys, right right now, at least in the where we're at in the season. (laughs) So. Man, it's just Monique has just disappointed me. I think she's a conspiracy theorist and belongs on the OC. Yeah. That is good. But I will say- She can go hang I, out with all those crazy she, white women if she's so into QAnon. Her and Kelly Dodd, can you see that <laughs> going on? But I, oh, I also say, but when she said the thing about honeymoons, I thought about all the people that maybe couldn't have, maybe they couldn't afford to take a honeymoon or maybe because of jobs. So it's like when she equated not taking a honeymoon to not being in the honeymoon phase of a marriage, I'm like, that is a little bit. I actually can honestly say I like- Candace and Chris's man. I really think he loves her. I think he's kind of good for her. Like I do too. Hopefully, you know. And I feel like they have a uh, a real relationship. I mean, I if anything, I hate Monique for making me like Candace this season. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my god this this is going to be explosive Sunday. I can't wait. But yeah. Yeah, that's that. Oh, so oh. what else happened? You see Wendy and Ricky at karate for their kids. And normally yeah. I'm like, oh, this is boring. But it was great. They had this side conversation about how yeah. she wants to stop teaching at Johns Hopkins, but is worried about her mom's reaction. And, you know, as the daughter of an immigrant myself, I okay. feel like I understand the pressure of wanting yeah. to, like, make their sacrifice worth it. Yes, yeah. You know, and then yep. to, I mean, there was a period in my life where I thought I wanted to go to law school. I took the LSAT. I started applying to law schools. And I knew deep down in my heart that that was not really what I wanted, but I had promised my dad. Okay. And okay. I I eventually rescinded my applications and said, I can't do this. It's not where my heart is. And wow. my dad was angry with me for years. <laughs> Wow. I mean, you know, it was, 
he was nice. He was loved me and everything, but I think he was frustrated and I felt like I had to spend years proving why yes. I went into the career that I did. And like, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to do something in public health. I cared about global health, but mm-hmm. you know, when you're 20, 21, 22, you don't you, really know where your career is going to go. Right. And because you haven't really <sighs> experienced the world in general, you know? I mean, I was so. able to shut him up by getting a job, which none right. of my friends had a job after college. Because so, yeah, so. <laughs> it's like, how do you search for a job when you're in college? College, right. You know what I mean? And I, got, yep. I graduated with a job offer. So Wow. Which was pretty rare. And I got the job offer by meeting someone in a bar. <laughs> so I said... Hey, Dad, look who's winning look who's over winning. here. Yeah. So, so uh, do you find that... The, I think the parents of immigrants are like that black people too. It's like, I did all this for you. Like, yes. cause there's a lot. So you need yes. to go I, This is um, not housewife related, but sort of what you're saying. I was doing a Peloton ride and a girl was telling her story. One of the, she used to start as an instructor. Now she's like the vice president of something at Peloton. She said her fa- she is Mexican. No, Latina, Latina. And is it she, Robin? Yes. Oh, I love Robin. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Peloton have become very close friends the last few months. I love her. And she was saying, so you probably, you probably heard the story of one of the rides, but how she was, was a lawyer. Yes. She had to be a lawyer. And then, but in in her family, she, she, she's an athlete now. And she never was an athlete because in her family, there was no after school, uh, you going to play sports. It was after school, come home, do your homework, help with the family, help cook dinner. So she one day was like, I don't want to do this anymore, be a lawyer. So she had wrote a, um, she got into athletics, wrote a letter to Peloton and said, you should hire me because blah, blah, blah. But in her family, at first, that was like a no, no, you don't do that. You mm-hmm. become a lawyer, a doctor, something. So it's interesting that you said that. But yeah, I love Robin. I know. I think her mom's a doctor and it would be really hard. I, she's yes. mentioned it before. I like you, yeah. you hear the nuggets of things that yes, they share. Yes, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I know my, my brother and I think we're on a first name basis with Cody Rigsby. We're like, oh, did you hear <laughs> Cody when he said blah, 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 blah? I'm going to take one of his classes. I heard he, he was good. Oh, girl. Okay. He's the best. There's no okay. one that can make me smile like Cody okay. Rigsby. I'm going to take him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing a ride the other day and he just randomly shouted, do you remember, did you ever have a hamster when you were eight that like ate its, ate its babies? <laughs> just, like out of nowhere. You're like, and it makes you not focus on what you're doing. And I just started laughing oh and he's like, God. and he's like eight years old, most terrifying thing I've ever seen. Okay. Dial it up to 45. <laughs> I, when we, get, when we get off here, I'm, I need your Peloton name so I can follow you. Okay. I have like one person that follows me. <laughs> it's my brother. That is hilarious. Yeah. Oh my God. But yeah, so I, I get that with Dr. And especially in her mom was a chief. Yeah. So this is interesting. I'm excited to, yeah. I like, I like Dr. Wendy's storyline. We also see Robin and her parents, which was lovely. Did you see her dad's face when they talked about marriage? He's like, okay, I'm okay with you guys, you know, getting, getting a house marriage. What? Like, then he's like, I don't have any money for another wedding gift. <laughs> That's funny. And then you see Ashley's mom. There were a lot of family. Ashley's mom and yes. sister. So she has this half sister who's quite young, like 16. And looks like her. 
Oh, very much looks yeah. like her. Such yeah. a cute girl. Yeah. And it was interesting. Her mom basically said she was concerned about the situation with Michael and wants to make sure that he knows that there are consequences and points out, you know, he has everything. He has a beautiful wife. He has a beautiful mm-hmm. son. Why is he running around like this? He can't go back to his old ways. You guys need to move That's- forward. When she said, I don't want him to fall back to old patterns, I was like, Oh, he's it done must, this before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, more than what we've seen on camera. But I Definitely. also felt like Ashley was kind of looking at her mom like, mm-hmm, okay. Like, I don't want you to say, yeah, we're not going to say too much. Stop where you are. But I was like, okay, okay. And then she, her 16-year-old sister that looked so innocent and so young, and then she wants a dress that stops right above her when lady you're a, When you're that I know, young, you're like, I know. That's but how, isn't it funny? Yeah. Isn't it funny, though, because... Again, that's why you can't go by looks because her, her, you may hear my husband's truck backing up if you hear a ding, ding in here. It's, <laughs> it's, it's his work truck backing up. And I'm surprised you don't hear my daughter's footsteps running down the stairs because ever since first grade, she runs out. They take a picture every single day. He's got well over thousands from all those years. Every day she meets him when he gets home to take a picture. Aww. Just something, that, yeah. But um, I, I, it was just a prop. And I, again, I should know better. Do I have teenagers? I was a teenager. I have friends, but she just looked so sweet. So I thought she was kind of like, oh, I want something flowy. And she's like, nope, wanted to stop right here. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Loved yeah, her. She was really cute. Um. And then we get to the winery. So Giselle is like hosting this winery event to, for herself. Wait, Mandy, wait, you missed them furniture shopping and Giselle couldn't buy anything in oh. there. <laughs> Why did you I even go? You could have went to Ikea. Ma'am, we could have did this in Ikea and you could have walked out with something. Uh, the place looked familiar. The modern furniture store. Really? Wait, it looked familiar I have to, to go me. Back. I have to go back and I'm going to have to go back and, and watch. I rewound she's it like, a few I'm times. Put them- I haven't gone furniture shopping since 2014, but I do remember going to like a bunch of places out in the Virginia and Maryland suburbs. Okay. And that looked like one of the places I had gone and probably was like, this isn't for me. <laughs> right. but, and, and it wasn't for them either. Yeah. <laughs> and like my housewives are aspirating, not saying they have to be trillionaires, but I want you to go. Remember when Teresa went and paid all that money cash? I mean, it landed her in jail. But when she paid all that money cash, the first season of Jersey, I wanted Giselle to be like, at least, oh, yeah, I'll take these two things. It was like, why are we here? Yeah. Oh, God. Well, I was wondering why oh. we were at the winery, too. But she said it yes. was to celebrate her literary award. And then Karen pointed out, you know, she kind of like, Skyped me and <laughs> saved me the gas. <laughs> Can I tell you that the 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 people that she beat out when I watched that scene of her win, I had to stop and rewound it and and showed my husband. I've read some of those people growing up. My mom was a reader. My mom is a reader. I'm a reader. When she said Eric Jerome Dickey, he is huge in the African American community. Who so did I she pay like, off to get this? That's what I was going to say because Eric Jerome <laughs> Dickey. Ask any, even people that may not even read a black person. Hey, who's Eric Jerome Dickey? Oh, he wrote a book. Like, especially people who are into reading. So when she, when she won over him, I was like, oh, okay. I wanted to call Eric Jerome Dickey and be like, yo, Eric, what happened? You were robbed. <laughs> you were, I didn't, I'm like, I don't believe it. I've read, I, I was reading his books before it was appropriate for me to read his books. Oh, man. So they're at the winery. 
And mm-hmm. Ashley says she's been feeling off, but thinks it's hard to get pregnant when you're this, um, when you're breastfeeding. And Once they're again, all she like, knows out of control. Oh my God, what? <laughs> she's acting like everything's fine. But it's not. And she opens up and tells the story yeah. that her husband told her. And the women ask a lot of questions, mm-hmm. you know. And I think they're pretty shocked that she's sharing that they've yeah. had, you know, threesomes in their marriage and things like that. But she says, if this happens again, it's a no no. Mm-hmm. Um, well, wait, Karen wasn't shocked. Remember in the confessional, Karen yeah. says, baby, we've been put that Karen is on fire this season. <laughs> Karen is so good. But she said, you know, it's got to hurt. Like she's not yeah, showing yeah. that she's hurt. Yeah. But Karen's like, I see you and I'm not going to poke. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. I like yeah. how Ashley said, I've said a lot of things about you guys and your relationships. Yeah. And I respect the fact that uh, you're you know, not. You guys are supporting me. Mm hmm. You know? That made me look at her in a different light, in a good way. I think she's really matured a lot. I really do. Like the last few years, you know, she's grown up a ton. She's had so much in the public. And I think she's handled this last few years with like a lot of grace. Yeah. And very few housewives can say that. that. And I think, like you said, she was young. It's all well and good when you're married and we're doing things with other people together and, Oh, you know what? So what he's doing that I'm doing my thing because she did say that she hasn't been the most faithful wife. Um, I think she said that in either a life or something. Yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking when you're young and it was all well and good, then like, Oh, who cares? Cause I'm doing my thing. But like you said, now she's got a now child. They, now we have a she's child together and, she's like, and this is enough. not okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, then they basically uh, Monique, or brings up that Candace pulled out of the live show. Candace says Monique was sleeping uh, <laughs> at the lake house when she was trying to say bye to her. And Monique goes, you wouldn't understand because you're not a mother. Because like yeah. how tired she is. And that, those words, them fighting words. Like <laughs> you say that to me, like I don't understand something because I'm not a, not a mother. Yeah. I know I don't understand things because I'm not a mother, but you do not need to point it out. Yeah, and I was going to say, and I felt like that was kind of like a, it, I know Candace called it mom shaming, but then at, even if I didn't, I felt like it was it was a bit, I don't, it was harsh. But then Monique saying, "I'm not mom shaming because you're not a mom." I was like, "Okay, well, oh, okay, you're not." Because did you hear that part when she said, "Yeah," I'm not mom I mean, shaming? the whole thing. I was, felt like it was it was too far. Like you you hit below the belt on that. Yes, anytime and she knows, you point up, like you don't know how long she's been trying to get pregnant. Exactly. If she's been trying to get pregnant, she's not sure about all of this stuff. It is right. very personal for yeah. her to talk about all of it and then like be actually touching Candace's hair. I thought that yeah. to me, that, uh, Mandy, I, thought I you don't touch you, black women's hair at all. And that's what, listen, let me tell you, this is why I was like, I want to talk to Candace girl. I know that you grew up going to these private schools or whatever, but there is a code. I don't even think it's just with black women, probably with any woman. You shouldn't touch people's hair without asking. If you are in my, I told my kids all the time, because growing up. You shouldn't ask. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like me to flip your hair? But growing up, (laughs) our our parents taught us and generations before, like my parents, parents, um, if once they hit you first, you wear them out. Check this out. People hit hard, so they might knock me out. So what I told my kids was, if someone gets in your personal space and you're kind of boxed in, you handle your business because you don't know what's going to happen. So when she touched Candace, Candace, I don't think Candace thought, 
I think that Candace is truly, I can honestly, I stand by this. I think Candace is truly hurt that they're not friends. I feel like their friendship probably meant a lot to both of them because I feel like Candace feels like, seems like she's going to cry every time she sees Monique. And if there weren't feelings, there wouldn't be this anger. It, they would just be indifferent. Totally. So both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I don't think that Candace actually, even the whole drag me Monique, I think she just thought it was two girlfriends really mad at each other. I don't think she thought Monique was going to do it because she was still looking at her phone. Mandy, if a teenager stood in my face and approached me, is there a problem? Like she didn't back up. She didn't do anything. Yeah. And then she, well, she was trying to make um, an announcement with like, she was tapping a knife on the glass and Wendy like removed the knife and you know, like all the women are like locking, like Wendy, you could tell by her body language, like she knew something bad was going to happen. Yeah. And I don't think Candace, by her body language, knew something bad was going to happen. So, you know, uh, she was saying drag me because that's what Monique said last year yes, to her. I'm going to yes. drag you pregnant and all. So she's like, yes. what? Are you going to drag me? Drag, drag me, me right. Monique. So she's like antagonizing her. But it started by Monique like telling her, you know, you don't understand me because you don't have children. And, you know, just like really and then yeah. touching her hair. I, I think Monique is in that. The- the wrong too far with how this all goes but we'll see this week but wait did you see what i didn't like to even if she was asleep when monique tried to put when she said and you were asleep and i left out sleep wait what is she talking about what does she mean asleep come on you know and and even if monique did fall asleep that quick she could have said girl pretending i was asleep i was tired but instead she acted as if they were all wide awake playing were wide awake playing a game and Candace pulled sleeping out of nowhere. You knew what she was talking so about. So I think Monique is frustrated by all the responsibilities she has at home and not mm-hmm. getting a lot of help from her husband. And then also not doing that great with the podcast. It's not taking off the way that she wants yeah. to. And instead of actually resolving the issues in her marriage, maybe she feels like she can't ask her husband to do these things because when they entered their marriage, there was an agreement like you handle the house and the kids, I make the money, you mm-hmm. know, or something like that. And she feels they can't revisit it. But instead, she's taking out her frustration that I think she has with her life right now yes. on others and especially Candace. Yeah. As opposed to taking it out on her husband, who's clearly making her mad. <laughs> you right. know? And, like she's and always angry with him, but like with him. boxes it in. And with that situation, Mandy, I, I get, I feel like, because uh, some people were saying that, oh, well, Chris could help more. But I feel like looking at it, I feel like Monique is a control is a control person. Yeah. So I think Chris's, Chris's thought is not... I'm not going to help with my kid. You see him always. And Chris's thought was, I worked hard to provide you with a life so you can get help if you need it. And I know for me, if I was, and even as a woman, if I was working that hard to make money so that I didn't have to cook for my family and my husband is like, I'm always the one doing the cooking. You're never cooking. I would be like, I work hard so that neither of us have to, so that we can have more time for each other. So that's where I felt like Chris is coming from. Like, yeah, I want to have sex with my wife. And I get what Monique is saying. I want you to pursue me. I want to feel valued and wanted like when we dated. But also she's exhausted because she does everything. everything. When you can divvy up some of those responsibilities. You you are paying people to help you with a podcast that just you can do. <laughs> 
pay well, for help in your do home. Do you think if even if he tries to help with the kids that she shames him and is like, you're not doing it right. I can't believe yes. you dress them this way. I can't I think you, that. you're not cooking right. You're not cleaning. You didn't, you know, like just nitpicking anything so that yes. he's like, well, why would I try to help if you clearly have a way of doing everything and you correct me, you don't, yeah. you don't value my contribution when I make it. I, I think yeah. that, and it's, it's funny you say that. I talked to this guy one time. We were talking, and he said he had spent the. This is really random, and it was an older gentleman, older than me. He said he had spent his whole day cleaning his house for his wife. She was a teacher. When she came home, he wanted her to be surprised. And I know you've been working hard. And when she got home, she said, "Oh, it's nice, but you couldn't have done the bathroom a little better." And he's like, "I did our entire house upstairs and the bathroom." Yeah. So I feel like you're right. Yeah. It's one of those situations. Anything what else? What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do, Mandy? God. <laughs> like, what are you? I what what I one thing I I want them I, I hope that they're careful with is yes, there's an image of black women being angry, being upset, sometimes fighting based on the different shows that we've seen. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of weight put on like a black franchise, like, oh, can you believe them? They were out there doing this, doing that. When you have white franchises like the OC, they do the same things. They're just, they use their words, but they say some of the nastiest things to each other. They yell, they scream at restaurants too. But I feel like black women- They've thrown, you know, glasses and plates. They've broken things. I, I think that's poor. I think when you do get violent, though, which has happened on Jersey, mm-hmm. it's, hap- it's happened on other franchises. Yeah. No matter what someone says, like, I don't think there's an excuse for violence. Mm-hmm. I don't care how someone provokes you. That's just mm-hmm. my personal belief. That's how I was raised. There's not an excuse for violence. If you find yourself getting so angry, you need to remove yourself from the situation mm-hmm. because violence is not acceptable. If a, a man hit a woman... And you're like, Mm -hmm. well, she was asking for it. Look at how she provoked him. We would all say like, oh, come on, come on. There's no excuse to hit a woman. Right. So I feel like with Monique, like there is not an excuse. I don't like the idea that Candace provoked Monique. Yes, yes. Should she have toned it down? Sure, of course. Yeah. But Monique shouldn't have let it get to that level and she should have walked away and... I mean, we don't know all the backstory about mm-hmm. mo- all the rumors that maybe Candace was starting or sharing about mm-hmm. Monique. But if we don't see it, like we can only base go based on what we saw. And I think based yeah. on what we saw so far, it appears that Monique really crossed a line. Yeah. And I, I hope she doesn't have to answer on behalf of all black women because I just hold her responsible for just herself. <laughs> and that's what I was going to say as far as the violence, how people always portray angry black women. But what I was going to say was what I don't want to happen is for Giselle and the other women to use their anger with Monique to make her the example that she destroyed the image that they upheld for black women because they don't speak for all black women either just because they haven't put their hands on someone. So what I don't want them to do is take that and say, Monique, do you see what you've put out there as black woman and hold her to the standard of uplifting all black women? Like don't use that because you really don't like her. So don't use that. Don't use her as the beacon of you destroyed our franchise because they already think that black women are one way. So it's your fault. Your fault. Like you said, hold that's her also not responsible. Yeah. And that's that's what I'm hoping. And don't use that. You know, just like some people use Black Lives Matter, like we talked about earlier to um, 
get across their agenda. So they're 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 not hurt like the family, but they go burn up a building because they want to get out their their anger, anger or their, their their message. That's what I hope they don't do yeah. with all of this with Monique. Same. What okay. We do? Well, <laughs> we'll we'll move on to Beverly Hills. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So secrets revealed. I thought was better than like the entire season. What Me about too. you? You thought I so? thought it was actually good. I wasn't sure if I was going to watch it, and then I was like, "No, I need to watch it. Let's see." And oh, like, okay, so I've never, re- <laughs> <laughs> I've never truly liked Kyle. Like, well, of course we don't know these people not to like them, but there was just something about her that I felt she was kind of like, uh. "Now this is what I took from the scene." Tell me if I'm the only one. When they showed the scene of Kyle at the dinner table with Denise and when the whole producer came in, I I felt like in Kyle's confessional, she says, Denise said on camera that she had come from work. But then off camera, she said she hadn't worked. So she said that in her confessional at the table, she tried, she brings it up and then says, oh, well, you said that you weren't working and tried to make it seem as if she forgot, she couldn't remember basically if Denise said it on camera or off camera. And she kept going, I I wouldn't make you look bad. I I just really didn't know. It's okay. I wouldn't do that. We don't have to go there. I felt like she did that on purpose. Yeah. I mean, I I don't even know. Like, I don't even care, like, why she... Right, right. But Uh, why would you? But that, to me, lent a little bit of... I feel like Denise almost felt, um, like, now I don't know who to trust. Now, almost... I forgot the word I used earlier, but um, sort of, like, paranoid a little bit. Because when the producer came in and said, you went to work and you came later, we got that. Go back to reality. But I felt in that moment, even though she shouldn't have yelled, bravo, bravo, why... She did that because she thought Kyle was trying to, because when she said, you're trying to make me look like a liar, that's what Kyle was doing. She was saying, well, wait, you said you didn't go to work. But then in your confessional, you're saying she said that off camera. So why are you bringing it on camera or or acting like you couldn't remember where she said it? I just, I think Denise is a liar. I think she lies about a lot of things. I think she lies so often that she doesn't even remember what she's lied about. And she lies about things that are apparently inconsequential like whether or not you went to work or didn't go to work. And that is um, weird to me. Yeah. And I think it's weird to the other women. And they see that there's a pattern of her just like not, she says one thing. And then even on um, during the, I think it was the third reunion. And she said, Brandy asked to come to Kyle's event with me and my husband Yes. And I didn't even want to ask him. And like, he said no, or something like that, or, or something. And it's uh, like, well, if you didn't ask him, then he couldn't have said no. Like, which is it? See, and I wondered when she said that, and some people say they don't think that she's uh, that skilled in that area. Yeah, pretty. (laughs) Yes. Because my thought was, is she trying to play a semantics game? Meaning if I said if Corey was standing near me when you called and said, I want to go with you. And I said, okay, I'm going to ask Corey. And then I hung up and Corey's like, she is not going with us. Meaning I didn't even get a chance to ask. I was, I was thinking, is she trying to play like a word game? But then I thought, no, cause she doesn't even seem that. It's, it's people. weird. Like, like you know, something's going we on. all know people in our lives that kind of just say things that aren't <sighs> truthful. Yes, yes, for whatever reason, for no yeah. reason. 
Yeah. Wow. And I guess that was my, that was my thing. It's like, it's so it's inconsequential. Kyle, why would you bring that up? Are you trying to prove that? Yes, she does lie. Or, I mean, because that was set off camera. So if she were to bring up something that you set off, like it just, to me, that part didn't make any sense unless Kyle was trying to establish you are a liar. And I'm bringing this up, but then for yeah. Kyle to back up, because then Kyle was like backtracking, like, oh, no, 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 we won't, we don't have to talk about it. We don't have to, we don't have to, but it was, it was funny, even though I don't really care for Erica that much either. When she said, what does she think is going to happen? Like, what are we supposed to stop? Because she said it, this is real life. You don't just stop. I thought that was such a good point. So what I took away from all this is a feeling like me and Steve from At Faces by Bravo were right in that <laughs> Denise is acting like an entitled entitled actor on a set that expects everything to go her way and tries to control the entire situation, is yeah. rude to people, does things whatever she wants, and wants everything to revolve around her and then throws a fit when it doesn't. Like that, I felt like she was acting out. And when she said like, bravo, bravo, bravo. And then like, you stop. I want to talk to the, you know, producer. It was like, it was almost like, I want to talk to the manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell is wrong with you? This is a reality TV show. Just hold your own. Have you never been asked to hold your own before? And I think that, yeah, I think that is the issue. Because if, if when, when she went back and forth with Kyle, it was almost like, well, if Kyle is trying to bring up that you said it off camera, then you need to answer. If you didn't say that off camera, then you need to have the conversation, defend yourself and say, why are you bringing this up? Why are you trying to make me like you not just stop it and then say, why are you trying to make me look like, like a liar? You got to hold the conversation. Right. And I think the whole issue was that a lot that Kyle is so close with Teddy and was offended on Teddy's behalf that the yes, women didn't okay. want to go to Teddy's event. And so they either came late, they did glam, whatever it was, she was getting pissed off about. So she was basically thinking that the women weren't doing what they should have for Teddy. Um, I don't know if it was. I heard a rumor that like they weren't even going to bring Teddy back for a second season. So like maybe Kyle's like, we need to show more of Teddy. I like her. I want her to be on. I need everyone else to support her. Mm -hmm. So I think Denise probably just didn't want to go and, you know, said that she was working and then, okay. you know, when it was clear she wasn't actually working, she just didn't want to go or whatever it was, okay. she, you know, and then Kyle's calling her out on it because Kyle's trying to stand up for Teddy. That's sort okay. of what I saw. But just be honest about a lot of the yeah. other women were honest about not being interested in going to right. Teddy's thing. And Why couldn't you like we all would totally understand if Denise yes. fucking Richards does not want to go to an accountability like <laughs> retreat. Like, of course not. I know who wants to go there, you know? So I get it. Like, yes, I just, I, I get that when she was, um, calling the producer though. And then yeah, the producer no. said, I couldn't tell if the producer was saying, um, he said he said you came late like was she talking about that evening no he was he was trying to back her up like got it because she was saying you're trying to make me look like a liar and he's saying you can't you you were you were at work and then you came and then like like we're not calling you a liar we got what you said now go back to reality when he said that i was like i think 
he was, I think they were exhausted by her because I think she probably treated production like crap. She was acting as if you could cut scenes because, you know, when you're filming a soap opera or a movie, you do multiple takes. Mm -hmm. And that's just not how reality TV goes with these shows. I think she had an idea of how it went. And it's not like that. Yeah, they'll film you five different times walking into a building. But I don't think they retake a lot of the like arguments, at least on on the shows. And so I think all the women were frustrated with Denise because she was acting entitled and as if there were these different rules um, for her and that she could control what was shown or not shown by shouting bravo, 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 which she claims Kyle taught her. And Kyle's like, we used that in the beginning when we were like, you know, if you're going to the bathroom or you're powdering your nose. I don't know if I believe Kyle, but I do believe that Denise was trying to control everything and was honestly a nightmare to work with. Yeah. And I, as far as the Kyle thing, I will say before they, before the season started, but they were showing the trailers, Denise tweeted that she got it from Kyle and Kyle at first said she did not. And then it was, but then now on the show, Denise was saying, I did. And Kyle was saying, Rena, I thought, I thought it was interesting when Kyle said, Rena, I thought you said it was you. I was like, oh, Okay. It was it was really interesting. And um, I didn't care to see Amelia look for an apartment that I was like, <laughs> OK, I don't care. But and when Rena was like at the reunion, she makes more money than all of us. But something must have changed between uh, the record, the reunion and them looking at apartments, because when she was looking at apartments, she said, well, you're going to have to work more. Well, she makes more money than everyone. I don't even know. I'm so uninterested in all of that. You know, $5,700 for an apartment with a concierge and... And a Somalia. What? Why do you I mean, that's lovely if that's what you want to spend your money on, but I don't think it's a smart way when you're modeling and that's how you're making your money. It's not going to last forever. So why don't you get a cheaper apartment and And save some of that money? Is she 21 yet? Isn't the other one? Yeah, no, she's not even... She's like 19. So it's like, why do you even need a sommelier? Yeah, because people drink at that age and it's yeah. not that big of a deal. <laughs> but I guess I guess it was it's crazy to me how I guess it would I guess to me it's like we know that they do. I know I did. But it's like it wasn't a now like I, I of course I wasn't on the TV show, but even then it, it I don't know, it was just very weird to me. Like, oh yes, and it comes with a sommelier, and it's like that's I guess I'm thinking like a mom, but even knowing that I knew my daughter probably did. She was in the Air Force. Of course she did. But it wasn't like, you know what I mean? I don't know. It was just like, I don't know. It was just probably because I don't care for Rena and I didn't want to see her. Even if I did care for her, I don't want to see your kids look for apartments. I don't care. Right. It was just interesting to see her and then Kyle's daughter. Yeah, who does seem so much more mature. More I know mature. that I know yes. she's like maybe three or four years older. Yes, but, but still, yeah. it's such yeah. a stark contrast between Amelia kind of playing the role of a spoiled daughter that yes. like wants money from her parents and yep. is, and then you know Kyle's daughter, who I think is at least has a job and just kind yep. of looking like 
between the two of them like which yes. one of you am I supposed to listen to yeah I feel like real estate agents do that when you know if you're like if a parent is buying a property for a child and you're not yes. sure who's really in charge of making the <laughs> yes. decision because it's the parent's money but it's the kid that's living there and who really right. controls it like they were looking back like wait who do I yeah <laughs> and I almost felt like she was kind of like too like wow <laughs> you know because like you said Kyle's kids all of them seem very mature yeah, there was a little too much Kyle in The Secrets Revealed um, because I uh, honestly yeah. had almost forgotten about her bangs and how offensive they were. And <laughs> <laughs> like to be reminded over and over, it's like every time I saw her, I was like, oh! Right. And when and the whole um, comedy bit of climbing in the car, I'm going to go, sh- I'll see, I'll be back, I'm going shopping. It was like, I'm over your narration and your comedy and all of that stuff. Yeah. I did like seeing all of the scenes of Mauricio being stoned. That was hilarious. That was funny. Oh, oh, oh. okay. So speaking of that, remember when they were all on the bus and Kyle was saying, my daughter said getting high wasn't for me. And so she's not going to get high and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, let's flash back to Amsterdam in the store where you guys were going to try edibles and Kyle was like no I don't do that and Brandy got really upset and said because I actually tweeted this Brandy got upset and said you have you smoke all the time and I've been a witness to it and I so I tweeted that I said Kyle you're talking as if she was acting as if I don't do weed because my even my daughter said I'd panic but Brandy said that she's witnessed you do it and she never lies right Interesting. I she did mention that now that it's legal, she's not yeah. gonna freak out about it on camera. I guess was sort of now that it's legal, girl. You were doing it in. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was so. Funny. She's like, I can't, I can't even thinking about. And then hearing that Sutton accidentally ate like three edibles. I would love to see that. Me too. Oh my God, that would be so funny. I thought she was on edibles during her birthday party where she was in that birdcage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sutton. I do want to see too. more Sutton. I have Me to too. say, I want her to have a diamond. I want to see her back. I feel like there's more to her story. I feel like we've kind of run the course on a lot of these women and we've kind of gotten all we can out of them. I want to see her and Garcelle. Yes. It is an interesting friendship and I do think it is a friendship. Me too. Me too. I think that they connected on a deeper level and it's interesting because I thought Kyle and Sutton were going to be very good friends. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle, because I feel like every time a new, even when Lisa Vanderpump was there, Every time a new person comes on, she got close to them. It, even if Lisa was, because Lisa was close to Brandy first, that Lisa was also co- close to Teddy. She called her Teddy Bear. And Kyle ends up becoming close with them. So I wonder, I I'm, would be interested to see it, whoever the new people are, if she's going to try to get close or if she's going to actively try to forge a friendship with Garcelle or Sutton. Interesting. Because I feel like she's thought, well, I have my Teddy or, you know, sometimes when you meet a group of friends, you're and but you and your best friend are together. So you're like, I mean, even if we don't get along with them, like, who cares? We have each other. But when you're out there by yourself, it's like. I wonder who else is going to get fired. Because I feel like it can't just be Teddy. Like, there's too much of a there just needs to be a mix because. Yeah. People aren't calling each other out. I feel like Dorit's proven that she's an independent thinker. We all know how Rinna, Rinna actually feels that way. I don't think I don't think she's just speaking on behalf of the group. I think it's like she's chomping at the bit because that's how she <laughs> is. 
Erica, I feel like, has kind of run her course. So I feel yeah, like, like if we have next season Lisa Rinna, Kyle, Dorit, Garcelle, and Sutton, and then bring in new people, yes. then that breaks up the ha- the whole like hashtag ROBH, like Mean Girls, yes. RHOB. You know what I mean? Like that whole yeah. group. Like I, they need to break it up somehow because they all have a weird pact of what they say and won't say on camera. And that's yep. not cool. I want Will Smith's ex, Sheree, because I watched her on Hollywood Exes. She's classy. She's beautiful. But honey, she will get you together quickly. And then Prince, the singer Prince, his ex, Maite, who she like she you thought she was one way. Then it was like this girl is literally like causing drama, like for no reason. I would like to see her on there, too. And then someone else mentioned um, I was talking to Bravo while black. They came on the podcast yesterday. We had a nice. really good time. And they mentioned uh, Jose Canseco's wife was on that show as well. Beautiful blonde blue. Eye, like she was, be- it would look, I'm basically trying to migrate the entire cast, but I want to see somebody like you said, who's not afraid to get in there and say something because I thought Allie Landry only because when I listened to Jeff Lewis live, he's friends with her. And so she'd be on there quite a bit. And recently, like, when the show first started with Garcelle, she said she would try out for it. She would do it. And they were like, we think you should. And we did see her, but I don't know. I wonder how she would be in terms of speaking up. Yeah. I actually thought that Sutton's friend, um, Jennifer Tilly, the actress would have been good. She, she had a presence on screen, um, that worked for reality TV. Yes, she does. Yes. Yes. What else yes. was there? Oh, Garcelle's um, potential house burning down. Oh my that gosh. was shocking and so scary. I can't yes. imagine what that must be like. And now that there's all these wildfires happening now, too, in present day, it's like, oh, that is so terrifying. And she like built like she kind of did it on her own. So it's like a proud I've got this like, you know, and then to see that it could possibly all go away, like with a. It's like, oh, my God. I know. And then we see this really sweet, like, time with Garcelle and Denise in New York where Garcelle's, like, sharing about filming a sex scene. That's super interesting. Yeah, yeah. Denise is talking about her kids sneaking out of her house and bringing up how she used to be in Playboy so she can't lecture them. (laughs) Right. Oh, man. It's funny, though, to see when I see parents like that because it's, you know, I grew up in a house where... And I don't know because w- with your parents being immigrants, was it the same way? Mine were like my mom. What I say an immigrant is, though, so it's oh, that's little, right, just very different. So it's a little yeah. different. Okay. So was your dad stricter than your mom? No, he like had no idea how to raise kids. Yeah. So like okay. he kind of um, kind of looked to her like, "What do we do?" <laughs> okay, because my parents both were like, "I don't care if I did it. I'm telling you not to do it, and you better not do it." It was a very much. Do as I say, household, do as I say. And there was not, I tell my kids all the time, things have progressed because when I was growing up, you want to have a discussion on, on your feelings. You better swallow your, this how I do, you better swallow your feelings. No, no. I had a very different, my mom was a a social worker and. Oh, so, okay. She would be like, you know, we'd be like four years old and she'd be like, so how does that make you feel? Use your words, (laughs) you know, and. She didn't really sh- interesting, shy away from a lot of conversations. Okay. So I appreciated so, I, that. Well, and it makes you a much more effective communicator in relationships, I think. 
I guess. Yeah. When you, I guess when you, it would be like when you were having a fit, um, she'd be like, no, use your words, use your words. You know, you're like two or three. And I remember my brother like throwing his stuffed animal and her being like, use your words. <laughs> like, come on, I mean, it's not working right now. He's I'm, clearly needs a nap. <laughs> I'm legit the bed. <laughs> thinking about me throwing something. My mom would be like, I got you. <laughs> like, yeah, like, no, it was. Yeah, it was it was funny. She was pretty funny in that way. And she would always explain things in a way that kids could understand them. But yes, my dad okay. did not know how to talk to children. And okay. he is an expert in um, like utilities and power and the power okay. industry, okay. like solar and nuclear, water, all that oh, stuff. Wow. And I remember walking by this like or driving on the highway by this big like, transformer, you know, where mm-hmm. all of the power lines come together. I didn't, mm-hmm. I don't even know what it's called. And I remember being a kid, you know, you're in the back seat because you couldn't sit up front because <laughs> the airbags. And I was like, what's that, dad? And he proceeded to tell me for like 30 minutes. And I don't think I understood a word he said. And we're being like, oh, God, I can't ask him questions. <laughs> You know, because he would talk about things in very adult terms, terms and I yes. did not understand. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Like that. What is that? Well, the transformer goes into then you're like, oh, he go. He's so funny in that way. Does he still have a strong? Does he have a strong accent? Very. OK. Yeah. OK. Wow. I like I like hearing accents. That's why I asked. But you're probably used to it. I didn't notice it until I went to college. till I was away from it every day. And okay. then I would hear it on the phone and I'd be like, oh. He sounds like a Russian man. (laughs) (laughs) So do you know any? Do you know any Russian? Um, No, not really. I mean, a little, but not much. He didn't want to teach me the language of communism. That's right. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But he would swear in Russian in the car, like instead of swearing in English. But then me and my brother started repeating him and then he, he stopped. Because that's funny though. Like he, he was want- saying some pretty horrible, <laughs> <laughs> like son of a whore or whatever, <laughs> but in Russian, so it's just like, <laughs> and nobody would know that son of a whore. That is I think funny. that's that what it funny. was. I don't remember. I have to ask him again. But that's he, hilarious. He basically him and my mom had a conversation about. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot say that. Oh man! Oh my gosh! Anything else on the? No, not with Beverly. That was really revealed. it. But like you said, I think it was much better than the season. I, I and I liked, uh, like you said, Garcelle and Denise's exchange, and Denise seemed more relaxed. And the yeah. axe throwing, even the axe throwing, she seemed relaxed. I will say, even though I've been Team Denise, but I've been hearing, you know, how people said, even though we know she's lying, but. It got to the point where when she did the axe throwing and then when she was sitting in her chair and she said, I mean, I grew up in, did she say Minnesota? Illinois. Uh, Illinois. So I probably threw, uh, threw an axe when I was five. I honestly found myself going, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I like you, See, but that, that seemed more believable to me, like that she grew up kind of from humble beginnings mm-hmm. and all of that. So she's supposed to be down to earth, but I do think... Um, and Sasha from the Bravo Breakdown mentioned, you know, when you're on set, if you're like on the call list and you're number 10 or higher, I guess. Yes. Like you're basically treated like God and they will do whatever you ask. And if you I mean, she's been in this industry more than two decades yeah. at this point. So if she's always treated like a star, 
you become so accustomed to it that you expect things to go a certain way. And it's almost unfair to put you in a different situation, you know, and I can see. And so I think, you know, when she was approached to do housewives and Lisa Rinna was like, yes, you know, do it, but this is how it's going to go. It's different Mm -hmm. from acting in this way. And Denise is like, yeah, yeah, I can handle it. And then clearly she couldn't, I, you know, so whether it be for real reasons, like, uh, situation custody battle with charlie or trying to protect her marriage things i totally understand but when she does it about stuff like did you say that you were at work or didn't say like like, come on right and it's like and why even lie about that like you said we'd be totally fine with you saying i didn't want to go even saying i lied i didn't want to go next she wasn't being her true authentic self Yeah, yeah i think and you know it's i don't know I don't know. It, tra- it, it trans. It's trans. It translated because, like I said, there was definitely a difference from that Denise that we saw with Garcelle to and and with her daughter talking about the crop top to the Denise that we saw this the whole season. Yeah, I just don't trust her. I feel yeah. like she's not nice to the other people that are you know working on production, and that bothers me. And okay. there's, I'm sure there's other housewives who are horrible. I'm sure Ramona is awful to production. I would love to see that. Yeah. You know, but I'm sure Shannon Bedore you know, could be rough. You know, like there's I imagine it's she's not someone I imagined being difficult until this season. And I started seeing how upset all the other women women were. And I okay. was like, OK, the, there's something there. And it's probably has to do with filming. OK. You know, OK. I feel like it's a workplace dispute. <laughs> you know? and not like, OK, OK, yeah, OK, that that makes sense. I will go. I'm willing to go with that. I'm willing to to hear. All, I told you when I listened to you and Steve, I was like, hmm. Still don't particularly like the other. And it's not like I just stopped some of the women that I didn't care for. I didn't just stop liking them this season. I really just never got to. But I did consider what a lot of the things that you and Steve said. It's like two things can be true at once. Okay, yes. Totally. Huh? And that's why, like I said, when she said she threw the axe in Illinois, I even found myself, even something so small, going, did you really? Like, because we've seen her. Like, and I was so upset with her when Teddy said, you've said you've said worse things about me. I wanted her to either say nothing or be like, mm-hmm. But she goes, who said that? It's like, you said I know, it. I just, oh. I was like, Denise, please, come on. This wasn't the right show for her. It no, just wasn't. Yeah. And she shouldn't have come on if she couldn't give us, you know, like season one was great. Like that yeah. she, her first season that she was on. Do that again. If you can't do that, then, you know, I don't yeah. know. I want her to bring back It's Complicated. I watched that. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people did. And it's okay to be Team Denise. Like, uh, yeah. we all have our different oh, yeah. opinions. Like, this yeah. isn't that deep. Like, right, it's exactly. totally okay for people yeah. to, like, love her and right. think all my opinions are awful. Like, that's totally but, fine. But, but like you said, there could be two things can be true at once. Your yeah. opinion, you know what I mean? Like, all all, all of that can be that, Denise. It, it's complicated, just like her show. It doesn't mean She's Kyle and Brenna are, like, not problematic and are the best housewives ever. Yeah. Just because I call out an issue with Denise, so. Someone said that... Uh, 
I saw someone say, oh, no, Renna's contract got renewed. And I was like, wait, where was that? How, how did they know that? Maybe that's been all released. I have no idea. It's yeah. really hard to know who's coming back it or is. not coming back. But I, we have heard now that Ramona is officially coming back. Yes. I was I was just thinking about her. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, Ramona. That clip pack. So getting into New York, that clip package that they ran in the beginning, I laughed so hard. It was like Ramona shouting she was sorry, Sonia yep. talking about catching a dick, Luann wrangling yes. the girls, Dorinda saying, here's the thing, and can you imagine? And Leah smelling everything. Everything. That was, <laughs> she was like, I, she didn't even realize it. And just innocently, like, like I'm smelling it before I eat it. Like, isn't it crazy? I wonder, I, I started thinking, I wonder what I would discover about myself if I was on something and they ran a packet back. I already know that I say wow a lot because for me that encompasses everything. That's one word that encompasses whether I'm happy, sad, mad, glad, wow. But I wonder what else I would discover about myself, you know, when I saw that. How uh, what Dorinda is like, here's the thing. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> well, and also just seeing how you, because you don't know what you're like when you're drunk. You think you do, yeah, but you don't really know. And how yeah. Sonia said, watching herself back, um, the thing that she wanted to socially distance from was yes. um, the prescriptions and the drinking and how yeah. w- watching it, it was like, okay, that's that's a problem. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think that there is something pretty amazing about being on reality TV if you can watch yourself and you can be like, wow, I really need to make some changes yeah. in these areas. I think that's the benefit. And even when I love even when marriages go on and couples say, wait a minute, like the husband may say, oh, I didn't value. And and they end up coming out stronger on the I think that's a big benefit to PK. I mean, yes, like PK and Dorit finally talking about mediation and their like legal situation and him realizing he was being a jerk to Erica Jane and, you know, and him him not liking her her control issues. That was funny. (laughs) So funny. Um, What else happened in the New York? New York. Yeah. Please tell me now. I get it. Ramona, people say she's a terrible person. I get it. I feel like she's been that way from season one to now. So she hasn't necessarily shown us any different. And I was trying to figure out, is she a terrible person that has good sides or is she uh, deep down a good person that has really terrible sides? Like Bethany even said, you know, it was off camera when Bethany was going through like um, when she was sick. And I don't know if it was the, the bleeding and all that, but Ramona came and just sat with her. They didn't even talk to her. So I think that there's pieces in there with her. However, I have to say, I know Ramona can be just horrific. I was getting tired of every time Andy said something about Dorinda. It was, well, because Ramona didn't call me. Ramona didn't do that. Well, see, it's Ramona. I was getting sick of it. And I'm like, she can be a terrible person, but you still have to be accountable to you. Yeah. I was incensed and I I literally kept saying it's not about Ramona. And I was irritated that Andy did not completely say Dorinda, be quiet. Let Ramona finish those texts, because I feel like if we're going to say win or lose, even though it's not win or lose, I think Ramona might have won that round. I think Ramona would have read some things in that text, which would kind of just would have disproved Dorinda's theory that Ramona wasn't there for me, because first she said you called me off. See, she wanted to call off season. Andy said, well, wait, 
She did call you. Yeah, but that was after filming. And by that time I was okay. But wait, you said you were. So it was like she could not take accountability. And that irritated me so badly. Yeah, I even I bet Andy like was tougher on her and they just didn't show all of it. Okay. Too. I bet okay. they didn't want to give her as bad of an edit. I feel like she was horrible at the reunion <sighs> and they gave her a much better um, edit because, okay. you know, okay. they had already decided, I guess, that she wasn't yeah, going to be asked back and they wanted it to not be as awful. But yeah, it was, it was really tough, you know, seeing, seeing Dorinda be, I mean, we saw it the whole season, but yeah. to really see her like, okay, so she started to take accountability for all the horrible things she had shouted at Lou, sort of. She yeah. said she was sorry, but Luann was like, there must be some resentment you have deep down because every time you drink, you bring up my arrest. Yeah, And, and so agreed. then she's like, well, but it's just, I don't want you t- telling me it's funny that you tell me how to behave when you got arrested for drinking. And it's like, she's talking to you sober. Exactly. Yes. And she can tell you because guess what? She did get arrested for drinking. So she knows what it's like to be out of control. And not only that, we see you out of control. And Luann wasn't yeah. the only one telling her that. And I, I, I found myself irritated with Leah when I know that we give these housewives a hard time. If they jump in too quick, sometimes we say, oh, you don't even go here. You can't talk yet. But then if they don't, <laughs> if they don't, If they don't talk, we say, open your mouth and talk. But when Leah said, well, I honestly don't think Dorinda hits below the belt. I was I was like, shut up. You are told. And then Lou said, you don't think what she said to me was wrong. Oh, well, yeah, the jail comment. I guess you were wrong. It's like what you don't. She's hit below the belt. If you think about it in the beginning, when Leah came on, Dorinda had a lot to say about Leah. And her tattoos, she was in on that conversation. I feel like Dorinda, by default, got close to Leah because Leah was having an issue with Ramona and I'm having an issue with Ramona. So now I'm close to Leah. Yeah. They also do have a lot in common, like how uh, Dorinda was a single mom for Mm -hmm. a while with Hannah, you know, like had one daughter at around the same age, you know, but when Mm -hmm. before she met Richard and... So I think they had something there that was a real friendship. I don't mind Leah not butting in. It, it wasn't mm-hmm. as much her part in this. Right. But and that's what I meant. She should have yeah. not, like, to say Dorinda didn't go to be. No, just Well, don't. she was asked by Andy. That's true. That's so, true. you know, when you're asked, you answer. <laughs> you answer. Even if it's incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, so Ramona brings all these texts to, like, prove how much she reached out to Dorinda. And she finally throws them, which, you know. That was funny. I thought was funny. That was funny, though. But then when Andy picked them all up, was like, I'm going to read these to the private text messages. Yeah, and he (laughs) was reading and he let them go on. all of us. Yes, he (laughs) let them go on for a minute. And that's that's why I was saying, I think when Dorinda was like, I'm not going to sit here and let her, I want my text shown. It was like, well, let her read them and then you can dispute, dispute whether or not they were true. It, it, it was a lot. And, it was, but can but I it was, ask you this? Yeah. Why do you think she brought, if all, if, if the questions are like, do you think they rehearsed the reunion? And I, and I know I could sound like you could be like, duh, Taria. Yes. But how do, how would she, 
Ramona have thought just to bring the text? So I think that they all take notes and like prepare for the reunion because like while they watch the show, there's things that they know they're going to be asked and that they want to bring up. I think after filming, Dorinda went hard after Ramona on social media, on all of these things. And she wanted to prove to Dorinda, we're real friends. I want us to be friends. And I want to show you that I was like, I care. Okay. Because that was my thing. I'm like, I'm glad that she had them. But like, how did she know? It was just interesting that Ramona wasn't as interested in defending herself as she was in actually trying to repair the friendship with Dorinda. Like, yeah. I found that interesting. Usually, yeah. she she's not trying to be right. She's just like, I'm worried. I care about you, you yeah. know? And that was really interesting. But Dorinda, you know, she apologizes to Luann. She apologizes to Leah for going too far at certain times. And then she says, but I don't want to rehash things with Ramona. So if we want to move forward, we're going to have to move forward. We're not going to rehash. And I think yeah. that is um, very toxic because you're basically saying, if you want to be in my life, I'm going to dictate the terms of how a relationship is going to yeah. go. And you're not allowed to talk about anything that's ever happened in the past or ways yep. I've wronged or hurt you. And we're not going to resolve them. Yeah, I, that's... That Mandy is like ding, 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 nailed it. That's what I felt. I felt that was so unfair because she did the same thing to Lou when Lou tried to talk to her um, the night at the resort when she was like, let's not talk about the past. Like, why are you talking? And then she also actually even did it to Lou slightly at the reunion when she said, I want us to get back to where we used to be. And it's like, well, where we used to be is the past. So (laughs) I don't understand this. She's also always talking about Richard. That's the past. Like, why is it only okay to discuss the past when it's in the terms that you like? Yeah. Yeah. She's very controlling. I think she thought everything was out of control in her life. Yes. And she was angry and sad and Mm -hmm. lashing out. It's very obvious. She says that she was on the verge of a nervous breakdown and she should have probably taken the season off. And I'm glad that they're giving her this next season off. Yeah. I want her to actually get better and stop obsessing with Tinsley. Tinsley's done. You know, figure out what's going on in your life that you need to work on. And, you know, maybe it, it'll it get better and she'll come back on our our screen. I, I do love Dorinda. I think there's something yes. lovely about Dorinda. But we're not seeing her grow. We're not seeing her mature. We're not seeing yes. anything new. And that is what's hard. You know, we're even seeing yeah. Luann, you know, act like an adult and a yeah. reasonable person. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. So, but I did yes. think it was so funny. Like, the telltale sign i think of like narcissism um well there's a lot of signs but one of them is like expecting um extreme loyalty from friends and like dropping them very quickly and so seeing ramona do that to elise like friends of so many years that you just drop because you think they weren't um fully loyal and then lou was like well this is sort of you know what happened with barbara k yes and so it's just funny that but I wonder, I'm like, was there something, I randomly wondered if there was something off camera when Sonia, which speaking of Sonia, I, we have to talk about her because I do feel like she's a flip flopper. And sometimes I feel like she makes things a little bit like, I, I, I definitely feel like she's a flip flopper, but um, Sonia said, Elise um, betrayed you or something. And I was like, now 
when Ramona said that she expected Elise to have her back, I was wondering though, she said, Elise came on and said, cause she could have left out a part of the conversation. She said, Elise came on and said, I'm going to have your back. None of those other girls do. I'm going to have your back. So I was wondering, did you ask Elise to come on and say, hey, I need somebody to have my back? And then Elise said that because it's like, well, you could have she could have came on and you acted different. And that's why. Or did Elise say, hey, I'll be on the show and I'll be the one to have your back? Because if my friend said to me, hey. I want to come on the show with you. I'm going to have your back because none of those other girls. And then we get on the show and I act the same as I do in on the show as in real life. Then what would make you go behind my back and talk to them? Now I get Ramona did some nasty, some things there. So I was kind of like torn at that point. Like, okay. I don't really know what happened there, but we will probably find out soon because Elise isn't being asked back. She probably doesn't have to abide by a contract anymore so she can speak freely. She's going to be on the podcast on this day in entertainment. She was on there yesterday. So I'm going to go listen to that. Yeah. I'm going to go listen to that. That'll be interesting. But like you said, even if friends for all these years, I would still want to have a conversation with my friend and say, why did you turn on me? I don't think I could just drop them if we have all of this history. But I feel like with narcissism, you can just drop anyone. Because no one matters more than you. Like everyone is just a pawn. And, you know, and I do think there are obviously human sides to these people. You know, clearly Ramona does care about Dorinda. She's not like 100% full-fledged narcissist, but like there's a lot of narcissism there. So it's just interesting. And Ramona must be extreme. Like when they all talked about how much she sleeps with men, I was like, what is going on? I think she just doesn't want people to know that, which is so funny because it seems so obvious that they all do. So why hide it? But she, whatever, for whatever reason, the thing that I thought was so interesting is watching her and Sonia's friendship because they have a friendship on camera and off camera. And so I was going to ask, so they are friends off camera legitimately too, right? Yeah, I mean, when Sonia was so upset about Ramona's 50 friends and how she obsesses over these like girlfriends and treats them as if they're like more important than Sonia, Sonia was like, well, where are these people going to be when it's you and me two for one martinis at Burger Heaven? (laughs) Yes, yes. Because I never see them. I never see Sonia. You know how Ramona does these girls trips off camera and you see like when they went to Turks and Caicos last year and somewhere else. I've never seen Sonia a part of it. So I like Sonia will be with Lou, though, off off season. So I'm like, how close are they? But didn't she say that uh, Pamela... Roland, who is Betsy DeVos's sister-in-law. What? I think so. So is Betsy married to her brother or is Pamela married to Betsy's brother? Oh, I don't know. That's it. <laughs> I'm going to look that up. <laughs> Why that detail even matters? I don't know. My brain just goes there. I'm like, but did, did Sonia say Pamela, Lucia and Ramona were at her baby shower. She said Ramona too, right? Were they all at her baby shower? Yeah. I, or I so don't, they've I been don't, no, no, no. I think she didn't know Ramona before filming that well. That's what I was wondering. I was like, well, wait. and I was getting confused. I thought I knew. Then I was like, wait, did she say Ramona? But it was funny when she said that about the, 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 the martinis. But I don't like sometimes like 
Sonia will say, like when she was like, well, Dorinda contacted, like when Ramona was reading the text, well, Dorinda was contacting you first. That's why. Or you didn't, and it, it was just kind of like, like, are you her friend? Because some things I felt like yeah. she would defend Ramona, defend Dorinda, defend, like. I like that about her, though. I feel like she says what she's thinking and she says how she feels in the moment. And in a different moment, she may feel differently. And she says what she's feeling in that moment. <laughs> I feel like she is not as tied to ideas and opinions the way that the other women are. And I love that okay. about her. Like, she's not like a Dorinda that refuses to budge. She will acknowledge when she's wrong. She will change her views on things. And I like that. I like that. about I guess, I guess I feel like if, if me and you are in an intense either argument or dispute and there's a clear, and if, if I'm clearly on the right side of right, I want, and if another friend that if we're all in this, if we're all having this conversation together, my friend, if you're going to speak up and say, Taria, yes, you are right on this. I don't need you to be like, but because, you know, last time you weren't right. Like, that's not what we're like. I know, we're but not Sonia about is very, <laughs> um, I feel like she sees all sides in a time. And it's annoying for the viewer sometimes when we feel like very clearly one way. But because sometimes I'm like, take a stand <laughs> on something. I think she has had trouble taking a stand. I like when she stands up for herself. I don't think she needs to stand up for the other women, but just stand up for yourself. And I feel like she tried to stand up to Lou. And, you know, then, of course, Lou was horrible to her, but later apologized. But that situation, okay, that was a clear hypocrisy with Dorinda. Remember when Dorinda was like, well, Lou, I said those things to you because because it was between me and Ramona. Yeah, and you involved yourself. And I was like, okay, so you got nasty with Lou because she involved herself with you and Sonia, but you involved yourself with Lou and Lou and I mean, Lou, uh, Dorinda and Ramona got into an issue and Lou tried to be the mediator. And then Dorinda got mad and used that as an excuse and said, that's why I came at you because it was between me and Ramona. You involved yourself. And I was screaming and with Lou and Sonia, you involved yourself. Totally. But Dorinda can't change her mind on anything. She can never yeah. be wrong. So yeah. she's, you know, it, she's exhausting. And I think she needs a break. And I hope she's able to improve herself and center herself and have yes. some sort of sense of purpose so that she can yes. come back because come back she better. really does have a relationship. But what I like about New York mm. is I feel like these women do have real relationships with each yes. other. Off screen. Yes. Off screen. And, that's what matters. Like, you yeah. know, and. And yeah. I'm so, did, um, uh, I do feel like, and tell me if you see any uh, similarities that, you know how when Bethany was on the season and Bethany, she would insert herself in situations, but it, it, it kind of did come off like she actually was standing up for it. Like she just wasn't doing it because she was mad at this person. So for instance, remember when Sonia was talking about the shoes with the Morgan monogram mm-hmm. and Dorinda laughed and so, and Bethany stood up for her. She wasn't mad at Dorinda before that. She just stood up no. for Sonia. Yeah. I feel like Dorinda came in like she was going to be the Bethany, like be able to do that, but she's not able to do, to, she's not. To do that. She's just not. She needs to calm down. Did you see Watch What Happens Live last night with Bethany? I missed it. I heard that Bethany is still legally married to Jason Hoppy, which is yes. a travesty. But she also said, remember how everybody's debating, did Dorinda leave on her own? 
was a mutual did uh bravo she said and after she she was talking about dorinda and she was like and after she got the news that um she wasn't going to be returning and i was like Oh. Yeah, so she, I mean, very few of them leave on their own, their own right? Yeah. I think Bethany is one of the only women who, like, picked up and left Housewives on her own accord. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Tinsley did too, and a few others. But most of the time, it's, you know, because they're not renewed. That's that, yeah. And they make it, they let the Housewives say, we've reached an agreement, or we've decided, or I've decided. Yeah. You know, Teddy's the only one that gave a announcement being like, yeah, I wasn't asked back. The real one. But I thought the, this, the, um, the chatter with Dorinda was because she recognized that she needed. No, some, no. Had, she was so not I was asked like, back. Okay, wait a minute. Because someone <laughs> said, someone said, I heard on the reunion before the reunion came out, I forget what I was listening to. And someone said, well, my inside sort, my insiders tell me that Dorinda says on the reunion that she should. No, it was Andy. He said it. He Andy said, said, Andy said, or she said, I shouldn't have filmed the season. I was on the verge of a mental right. breakdown and I shouldn't have done it. But and before the reunion, Andy said it on his show. Oh, he said, Dorinda said, yeah. yeah. So that made me think, well, maybe it was mutual. But I think then he I was like, always says things to make the women look better than yeah, they are, yeah, right? Yeah. Because he wants people to like them and like the yeah. show. And he's, I think, kind. Yeah. I think he cares about Dorinda. I think he sees that she's, you know, not struggling. doing well yeah. and struggling. But you also have to hold her accountable. And I think at the end of the day, it was a, a lot of this stuff is focus groups. Focus groups did not like Teddy. Focus groups yeah. did not like Dorinda this season. Yep. They don't like to see stagnation. Unless you're Ramona, you can never behave the exact same way. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? We want to see yeah. Ramona the same, but we don't want anyone else right. to stay the same. Yep, you're right. And that's what happened with Landon <laughs> on Southern Charm. She came out and said that in an interview before. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's good. Oh, that's man. really good. So at the very end, Andy asked them, which moment do they want to socially distance from? And who do they want to hug when it's okay to hug again? And so Ramona says that she wants to socially distance from calling, you know, Leah bipolar and outing her mental um, health issues. And she wants to hug Dorinda. Dorinda wants to distance herself from being a jerk to Luann and wants to hug everyone. Lou also (laughs) wants to hug everyone and distance herself from her behavior in the Berkshires, including to Sonia. Sonia's distancing from her prescriptions and drinking, <laughs> wants to hug Dorinda. And then Leah, oddly enough, uh, wants to hug Ramona. And, you know, not oddly enough, wants to distance herself from the entire state of Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> Leah's hug made sense to me. Because mm-hmm. in, in the very beginning, as the season went on, I said, her and Ramona will get into this hideous things. But I always felt like Leah would go back to Ramona. You know, Ramona would ignore her when they when they were at the um, when they were at the place where the women from the Justice League. Uh, I keep wanting to say Justice League. That's a freaking movie. <laughs> the Justice Society, I believe. Well, a Fortune Society. Fortune Society. Yes. Society, yes. Um, and, you know, Ramona was ignoring Leah and Leah got upset and left. And then a couple of other times when Ramona was really nasty to Leah, Leah always was willing to go back. And when they had that tea, Leah even cried and was, you know, because Ramona was upset. So when she said because her mother daughter issues, I was like, that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's exactly it. So I thought she was she read herself correctly, clearly, like, you know, <laughs> and she and Ramona said, you know, I'll be more of a friend than a mother next year. Right. She has a mom. Stop. Oh, man, I love I'm so sad to say bye to New York. Yeah, I 
I'm not that sad to say bye to Beverly Hills. I'm ready to, you know, see some new stuff, especially Salt Lake. I'm loving Potomac. <sighs> Me too. But oh are, how gosh. do you feel about the OC returning soon? That one, it's, it's funny because I go back and forth. I can honestly say that I don't have a desire to watch it, but I probably at least will watch the first episode. But, but I'm learning to watch these shows by appreciating the villains because before I would just fast forward parts. Like if a Kenya came on, unless it was an all cast, I would fast forward. If Ashley came on, if it wasn't all, if it wasn't all cast. So I'm trying to now, this, this Bravo world, you guys have opened my eyes to <laughs> seeing the value I mean, the value in you're opening my eyes to so much too. Like, <laughs> I, you know, we all see things differently. Yeah. So I think I'm going to watch the only way, I'm, honestly, and I brought this up before, but it, because it is close to home for me, I would, with the COVID stuff and then the Black Lives Matter stuff with Kelly, if she talks about that, with my son, who I say fortunately had to do this semester home. I believe his campus is going to be open in the spring and he'll be in Orange County. And for me to see that would be a little too close, knowing that my son resides in a place that more than one person thinks like Kelly. And that was clear from Bronwyn being on the race in America Mm -hmm. when she said she lost friends. And it's like, "Mm, do you mean like castmates, friends or both? So it would be really hard for me to watch these women um, give these women any of my advertising sense, you know, like watching them. It would be totally hard. A lot of people aren't willing to watch it. I, but I think I'm going to, you, you made a good point though. Yeah. What on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) Yes. On Instagram, I had posted this. um, I posted a meme from the verses with Mandy, Mandy with Brandy and Monica and Monica was saying, it ain't for me. And I said, me to the RHOC oh, trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you commented and was talking about um, basically like Bravo is giving us something to at least tune in just to kind of see where it's going. And I was like, you know what? She's right. I, I need to just tune in to see. And you were, you said you were thankful that we would have new content. I yes. am very yes. thankful for new content. And we can't just keep, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, I don't know how to phrase this. But I don't think I can keep expecting to see people that only agree with me on TV. And it's painful because a lot of these agreements are based in basic humanity, like whether Mm -hmm. or not you think black people's lives matter or that it's okay to be LGBTQ and that they Mm -hmm. like are, you know, people too and should have all the same rights and values. And, you know, Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of people that don't feel this way. And... I am kind of curious to see what they say because I'm and not usually around people like who that. think that way or or people who, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what they're going to say. I think yeah. I'm, I, my guess is that they'll all say, oh, we shouldn't let politics come between us and everything yeah. is politics. Whenever it's something uncomfortable, it's politics yeah. as opposed to just basic humanity and, you know, understanding other people's pain or acknowledging it, you know? So I'm just kind of interested. I think I will tune in for the first episode. And it's like you said, I don't, I like talking to people that we may not have the same views on certain things. If, if, If we don't have the same views as far as race, but you're willing, but you're open I can have a conversation with you or I can watch you because you're open 
to hearing a side. Not that I'm trying to explain something to you, but you're like, you're not closed minded. But I've just come to the place where I'm so like angered and exhausted and saddened by something that if, if I know for sure that you feel a certain way, especially when it comes to like black lives matter and, and LGBTQ plus, I can't, I don't have any tolerance for you at all. I get it. I think a lot of it's self-care. Like people need to practice self-care. And if watching the OC is going to be triggering, then totally practice self-care. I am more watching it as an anthropological like study. Study, (laughs) I'm looking at it like who are these creatures and how are they going to react when they're confronted with Bronwyn trying to come to terms with what's happening in the the world and in this country. And I I want to see see how they react. Yeah, I want to see that. That I do want to see because I because I I appreciate Bronwyn for willing to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, like when she was on the the race in America movement not a moment and she was like I'm uncomfortable. And the fact that you could visibly see it and the fact that she said it because I think to me Leah was coming from a different place basically like I've been doing this or what whereas you have someone who's saying I haven't I'm late to the party but I'm here I respected her for that I really yeah. did yeah. I did too I'm a big brown one fan yeah it's gonna be a wild wild ride you may get a lot of texts from me like I can't do it <laughs> and I'll say walk away from the ledge Jerry yes, walk away from the from ledge, the ledge. <laughs> step I'll away be like, hey it's Mandy okay. Salt Lake will be on in just a few weeks just yes. <laughs> Ooh, that seems like at first I was like I have to be honest when I first watched the trailer I was like is it exciting am I supposed to be because so many people love it it wasn't until I started hearing their backgrounds and I was like yeah I think Whoa. it's background I cannot wait to see this person who's like I'm ethic ethnically Jewish but Mormon I was like how yes. did that happen <laughs> and the woman who she addressed her nose people were like oh you need to get a nose job or this and she was saying she's um I cannot think of the proper ethnicity and I don't want to mess it up but it reminded me of Hawaiian, but not quite Hawaiian. I think mm-hmm. she's black and not Hawaiian, but I think it may have started with an H. Whatever it was, she was saying, because it's a, uh, my nose is the way it is because of my heritage. And I've been made fun of for it my entire life. And I was like, wow, that was like, okay. She's, you know, and she said, cause she had taken these beautiful pictures and people were like, oh, your nose, you need to get a nose job. And she's like, I've heard this my entire life. This is what I am. And I was like, people are really like, I don't like when people attack people's looks, attack somebody's intelligence and attack them, attack Kelly for saying you're all the master when I'm the puppet, like <laughs> attack, you know, when she yeah. attacks them, don't attack somebody's look. I don't like when they go We haven't basic seen them on like screen that. yet. Just chill out. Like, right, right. You don't need to throw people hate. Right. And it's it, exactly. And I mean, it's like one side of the coin is we need to celebrate women. And I think that's why sometimes I'm triggered or have a problem with Kenya, because you say you're about women's empowerment. And I know that you have a job to do, but when you're telling somebody, Oh, look at your edges or you're somebody's appearance. It's like, how then do you go and say, or uh, for all these women, women's empowerment, when, like I said, attack somebody for things like, cause beauty is subjective, attack somebody for, that's why you've had 35 businesses that have failed or that's why like for things that you can prove. But I think I think that way because my dad growing up, my dad always taught me 
which is probably why I watch The Housewives as if I'm a lawyer and going to have to defend the show, which whatever. But my dad said, whenever you are trying, whenever you have to defend your point, you don't just say, you always do this. You always do that. He said, you have dates, you have times, you have evidence. So that way you could, and he would say, this is when Mike Tyson was big. He would say that way, your art, my argument could basically knock them out with a Mike Tyson punch and they could never recover. And I'll tell him now, do you know what you did to me? You know, I use that on you too, right? So when you say something wrong, I'm like, nope. (laughs) I like telling people, and I'm not good at it. I don't do very often. But when someone really upsets me, I try and tell them in the moment. Because I think like when you're training a dog, you can't get upset with the dog for peeing on the carpet hours after the dog did it. You have to do it in the moment. You have to be like, no, no, no. This is not where we pee. We're going outside now. Here's where you pee. You know, and people often don't realize that they're being hurtful. But if you tell them in the moment, like, hey, what you just said, like, could we just back that up a second? Yeah, that didn't sit well with me. That usually I feel like has better outcomes. If you can calmly say, hey, you know, that just that wasn't cool. And here's why. And this is an example, you know. Because I if I upset someone, I would like them, to, I would want to know exactly how and and Me when too. and all of that. So being told in the moment, hey, that word is really problematic or whatever it is, that's kind of how you learn. Yeah, I agree. And, but if we were housewives, they would say, okay, you can tell them, but you know, bring it up when you guys go to the all-cast dinner tomorrow. <laughs> And I would say, oh, like, I think we just need to move past this. <laughs> yes, yes. I just want Can you to, t- I just want to you, yes. Or, <laughs> and I would say, Mandy, of course you can. Because I love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Taria, I love you too. Can you tell everyone where they can find your podcast and where they can yes. find you on social? Yes, ma'am. Um, the podcast can be found anywhere. Podcast can be found. Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify. If you go to my Instagram, which is at WeGoPodcast, W-E-I-G-O Podcast. It's the acronym for what else is going on. So if you go to at we go podcast and look in the um, what is it called? Look in the I'm having a blank. The the description box. Yeah, uh, I don't know uh, the notes. <laughs> you know the yeah. Look the at bio. It, my profile. My bio. bio yeah. Yes. Boom. If you click on my profile, that link takes you to wherever you can watch it on your phone. So if you click on the link and you have an Apple, it'll take you to iTunes. If you click on the link and you have Android, it'll take you to an Android um, place, a platform where you can listen to podcasts. Also, you can go find me at, at T.S. Faison, T like Tom, S like Sam, F-A-I-S-O-N. And I'm on Twitter at T.S. Faison. Nice. Well, I will link to all of those um, in the notes of this uh, podcast. Thank you so much for being on. I feel like every time we chat, it's multiple hours long. There's just so much to talk about. And I am glad that you live in the wider DC, Maryland area so we can actually hang out. Yes, me too. Me too. I look forward to it. And thank you for having me on. I love how you have clear points, clear things, and how you also challenge my thinking sometimes. Well, keep challenging mine. A lot of times. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, have a good one. You too. Thank you, Mandy.
spring. Time to take in a breath of fresh savings on appliances at the Home Depot's Spring Savings Event. In-store, online, all season long. Save on top appliances from top brands. Plus, get free and flexible delivery on any appliance, $396 or more. From cooking and cleaning to washing and drying, your timing couldn't be better. Bring on spring with the Spring Savings Event, now at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only, while supplies last, valid through April 28th. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired sports commentator Dick Vitale. Tonight's matchup is me versus an ugly fender bender. If I can eat out a win, it would be a miracle, baby. Um, Mr. Vitale, it wouldn't be a miracle because GEICO gives you a team of experts to help manage your claim. That's going to be a nail-biter. Nope. The GEICO team is there for you 24-7. Now that's a dipsy dude, the guru of a claims team. GEICO is awesome, baby, with a capital A. GEICO. Great service without all the drama.